0: He was going to do the entire album, this is insane, in Latvian. He was going to learn Latvian (laughs) because he thought the language was beautiful and because it meant that he would have to do less work as a lyricist to make things sound beautiful.
1: Welcome to Church Jams Now, the podcast where three former youth group kids and current music nerds deep dive into Christian music from the 90s and 2000s. I, of course, am your co-host, Kylan Savage. With me, as always, is Mr. T.J. Smith. Yeah, you are not without me. Ah, okay, there we go. There it is. Nice, good. And, of course, nice. our beautiful good. producer, Josh Olson. I'm here, too. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a guest this week. We have a very special guest. Uh, we have Mike Almquist on... Woo! Uh, Mike, do yay. you want to do you want to do you want to do you want to give yourself a little intro? Do you want to do give us oh. some credits? <laughs> why why the hell are you on our show? Well, I don't know. You qualified,
0: tell me. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm assuming I'm on this podcast because um, I am affiliated with Me Without You, and I'm assuming that's why. <laughs>
1: No, it's Certainly. mostly your football takes on Twitter. That's what we're to oh, Okay, talk big, right so, on. Yeah.
0: Cool. Cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, uh long time manager of Me Without You, uh artist, uh, lots of other things. We're gonna get into that a little bit. Well, I will just go ahead and say we-, we just covered Engine of a Million Plots. Oh, okay, and we talked right a lot on. about the artwork. And so Oh did you? Uh,
0: oh yeah. yeah i need to go back oh, yeah. and listen to that podcast. Well, it, hasn't or, it, hasn't uh, okay. it hasn't come out yet it hasn't come out yet i'm excited to listen to that podcast because that's <laughs> yeah, a very 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 special record to me. It, it really is to us as well yeah. like, it is
1: for me too i came into it blind i didn't listen to it when it came out mm. but both of these guys it's a big record for them so
0: oh yeah it's it's but far and away the best 5 iron album and i am beyond proud to have worked on it as closely yeah. as i did so yeah, yeah.
2: As you should be. Like, I think you were, you know, just as much a part of kind of shaping the ethos of the album or or responding to what they were doing. And, you know, I'll definitely have some questions about that. Sure, Um,
0: sure. How do you know that? How do you know that? Oh, Oh, sorry. So (laughs)
3: early. I'm excited, guys. I'm just so excited. All the Me Without You fans are like, what? We are talking about Five
0: Eyes? Left turn. (laughs) Curveball. Sorry, Sorry, (laughs) guys. We're going to talk about ska music.
1: I'm still, from when we recorded that episode, I'm still waking up daily with Zen and the Art of Xenophobia stuck in my head. So I'm yeah. still, I'm mm-hmm. on, that's the vibe I'm going in. I
2: well, hear you. I really do feel like that album is kind of singular in a lot of ways. Like we we talked in the episode a lot about how it's rock with horns rather than ska. Like, <laughs> And it was this moment of evolution for the band. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, Mike would just love to hear you speak about how it came to be that you did the art like
1: okay i do i know i know i came in really hot but i do want to backtrack a little bit i forget
2: i forget i'm trying to be professional here (laughs) so uh
1: one thing we like to start our interviews with you know uh as i said in the intro we deep dive into christian music from the 90s and 2000s and i'm Mm -hmm. always very interested in origin stories Mm. so i would love to know Mike, what is your relationship with quote unquote, Christian music? Like, what did you grow up listening to? How did you how did you get into the scene that you're in? Mm.
0: Yeah, well, you know, I grew up in in the church. Uh, My my uncle Steve was a pastor in York, Pennsylvania. My um, my family went there and I was part of the youth group. So like that was kind of like foundational. It's like you go to church every Sunday and like your uncle is a is the pastor. And but then like, you know, a youth group came along and then suddenly it's more than just like Sunday school. And now it's like a, a social scene. Right. And then we went to, we took like a, I don't know how to call it a field trip. We went to creation. I'm going to say 96, 97, maybe.
1: Cool.
0: I'll say creation 96. Yeah, 96. And we get to our campsite, we set up all our stuff. And then someone's like, hey, let's go, let's go down and watch this band play.
2: For the uninitiated, Mike, what is creation?
0: Oh, sorry. Creation is a Christian music festival that they oh. did in Pennsylvania. And then also, I think later in, someplace out West in, in like, Seattle, the go- really? in Seattle or Washington state. Yeah, right. yep. Okay. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it started out, I think in like, I don't even know when it started out. Maybe in like the Jesus freak movement. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong. It, all, like, it started out in 1996 for me. <laughs> I, <that's laughs> cool. when I, and we went down that's to the the only year stage. that matters. It's only (laughs) just about it. We went down to uh, the main stage and Five Iron Frenzy was playing on on the main stage. Like the first band of the entire thing. (laughs) And Reese Roper was in his cow suit. Of course. And like jumping around on stage and there were people skanking in a pit. Mm
4: -hmm. And Mm
0: -hmm. I was like, how old was I at the time? So I'm 84. Do the math. I was 12, right? (laughs) So I'm like 12 years old. I'm watching these like, like these punks like skank on a mud pit at this Christian music festival where this band is playing like fast music with horns. And it was just so like, there's something about like those kids like in the pit dancing that was just like, what is this? And what uh, is that on stage? Right, right. And <laughs> I bought I bought up and beatdowns, and yes. I uh, and then I when I went to like and I and I bought the Move to Bremerton EP by MXPX. No way, <laughs> nice. not even Life in General. The Move to Bremerton EP, the EP, wow. Yeah, EP. Then I brought that home to my parents. I just was like, this is what I'm listening to now, <laughs> and I would just listen. I just had such a a hunger for Five Iron Frenzy, like you could not believe like I just <laughs> obsessed. Like I carried a picture of them in my wallet. Like <laughs> no I was like, way. Yeah, which picture just, was it? If I had to guess is probably from the seven ball shoot where they're all kind of like crowded around like a, like a putt, mini putt. Uh, that, that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's immediately the one is, I thought of goal. when you yeah, said it's great, that. It's, like, a, it's, it's probably really, the putt-putt one. Yeah. It's a really, that's a really great photo shoot. Classic. <laughs> but yeah. And then that kind of started, uh, th- at that point it was like I had a hunger for five iron and that kind of music I was feeling like let's listen to punk music mm. and let's listen to ska music. And this was, and so I would just like scour uh web crawler like on, on AOL yeah. to like try and mm. find new bands and I'd find like pie tasters or methoscopholes or whatever else. And I just anything I could get my hands on that was even remotely close to five iron. Nice. Uh, but Five Arm was always top tier, still is top tier in terms of those bands, in terms of their output. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, for sure.
1: Can you give me some other examples of some other bands that you really got into around this time?
4: Mm.
0: You know, I'm trying to think. I mean, it would be like I I probably got into like around that time, No Big Fish was another band because they were like, you know, mm-hmm. Ska, Jason, and mm-hmm. they had a big radio hit.
2: Were you into uh, Squad Five O at all?
0: Uh, yeah, I saw their set a couple times, and they were super fun. Like, yeah. loved them. And I know some of those guys now. Cool. And they're not – they don't look anything like they did, you know, with, like, oh, the yeah. big hair, like, the cutoff off shirts. And, uh-huh. But they put on such a freaking badass show. They were so much mm-hmm. fun. They so much fun. Rowdy, just, like, party boys. Yeah, just huge. But, like, like, a Christian – Yeah, right. It, <laughs> Christian adjacent. adjacent. I couldn't quite yeah. tell. I like it when it's kind of like, like, is, this appropriate? Yep. is this appropriate? Is <laughs> appropriate?
4: Yep. Does
0: NXPX sing enough songs about God? <laughs> Do they sing any songs about God? Now right. that I think about it, um, these are the and hard like,
2: questions, man.
0: Yeah, it's like, and then it's like, how important is any of that? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. was, we're just having fun, but yeah, it was I squad. I really appreciated, but like, I never really delved, delved into anything like as much as I did. With like specifically five iron, and then some yeah, MXPX. Those being probably the two, the bigger ones there. You know, nice well, s- slowly life in eventually I did get life in general, and then slow and go to Buffalo, and then I can't remember where I really fell off. What was it what's the That's, next one? Ever ever passing moment, ever present moment? What's it called? Right. The ever yeah, passing okay. moment. Okay, yeah. I didn't really listen to that one as much, but I got back into like a couple of their EPs later that I really like. Mm, nice. But uh, yeah, and I just like anything. Like I would get like ska comps, like Christian ska comps. You know, oh gosh, I can't even remember what this thing was called, but it was pretty, it was pretty low grade looking like compilation <laughs> yeah. of a bunch of like no name bands. Um, nice. But I just was like,
3: we'll,
1: we'll put it out on
3: Twitter. I guarantee Danny from Sadie Hawkins pod yeah. is going to know it. He will. Oh, for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, for yes. sure, He'll know.
0: It, I feel like it's something like, you know, it's not Scalaluya because that's an Insiders record.
4: Right.
0: Uh, I love the Insiders too. And I like the first nice. OC Supertones record, and I like mm-hmm. some Strike Back, but they got too polished, too pop for me. They did. Get they, beca- real pop. they became very CCM, very safe, and like I'm telling I'm you, out. I'm just like
2: you were like I'm I'm gone. This isn't edgy <laughs> enough for Mike.
0: Five Iron pushed the boundaries. They just did. They did, man. They did absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, that, that yeah, I didn't. I can't thinking back. I don't even remember who I was really into, yeah. and the, I don't even, they didn't even love this band. Value Pack is just a band yeah. that I remember from this time, but I never really like have like one of their records. <laughs> it's just the yeah, only name that comes good. to mind when you when you mention it. But that's I was more funny. into like less than less than Jake
4: mm-hmm.
0: and um, okay. Real Big Fish. The Boston's record before nice. let's face it, Question the Answers. I like I liked those kinds of records.
2: Basically, you were like the original hipster. You liked the stuff before they exploded. Before <laughs> well, they no, I get. Well, I think I'm that kidding.
0: let's no, no, I, know. <laughs> I, mean, I think let's face it. Let's face it is a more polished version of the Boston's, and it's got mm. obviously their biggest hit. But it's um, I like the raw edge of their older stuff for sure. Oh so, yeah,
2: yeah. I think there's something to be said for those those albums that had a little mm-hmm. more like hunger and like rawness. Yeah, and, yeah, like, for sure.
3: For
2: sure
1: tj this sounds like yeah. our conversations about the killers yep about how i sure only does i only like that <laughs> first sure record sure <laughs> what <laughs> yeah what I'm, I'm, what
4: this is mike don't worry TGA, he's wrong no, no, no. it's fine no, he TGA is I, very uh, wrong uh, yeah
0: i know i know i'm with you I, mike it's I, very wrong in fact hot <laughs> fuss is their mm,
1: no it's the record? only one it's the only one Big in feelings. which it, it and it's it great it it doesn't feel like Brendan Flowers is bored of being in the Killers
2: because Humbus, think that, he was still figuring you think himself that, out. You
0: think that <laughs> you think that Brendan Flowers sounds bored on Pressure Machine? That album Ooh. is so phenomenal. <laughs> I'm listening. I listen I love to it this. today. I love this. <laughs> like none of this I is going like, in
2: the podcast. <laughs> oh my
0: gosh! The Killers. The killers, Mike, the you're
2: killers. my favorite. You're officially cool. my favorite guest. <laughs> cool, cool.
0: What's the What's the best Killers album? If, if people who like Ooh. the Killers actually like the Killers.
2: I mean, Kyle's gonna say Hot Fuss. I I really like Battleborn. Honestly, bingo, bingo,
0: dude. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. Battleborn is top tier. It's, it's 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 so. My dad is the one who turned me on to Battleborn because he lo- he really likes the Killers too. And you know, oh, that's so cool. And I just was like, yeah, you know, the Killers are cool. I got like Hot Fuss and there's some cool songs on Samstown." He was like, Battleborn. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I looked at the album cover and I was like, gosh, the Killers are so cringy with some of their artwork. Insane, <laughs> yep. uh, man. But then I went to my friend, uh, well, my friend Mike Henningan got married and um, his wife, Steph, their father-daughter dance was to, um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the song now. But uh, it's one of the last ones like, don't break character. You got a lot mm. of hot... And, it, and I was watching this father yep. dance. What is that song called? Does anybody know? Ooh. I'm just drawing uh, a blank. I don't like, If it's not on Hot Fox, I don't know it. It's not, if it's not on Hot <laughs> Fox, you don't care. <laughs> <know it. laughs> but I was watching the father-daughter dance. Is it the way it I was? Just, mm, maybe, no. God. It doesn't matter. I cried <laughs> listening, yep. watching the father-daughter dance at I the wedding, it. and I just was like, okay, what record is this on? I was like, oh, this is on Battleborn, And then I put on mm. Battleborn, and I was like, hmm mm-hmm. mm-hmm blown away by how big that record is it's awesome
2: it really is like it's like and now i love pressure
0: machine oh dude yeah most underrated band i think (laughs) it's like how is this band not be
2: still be Be still thank you
0: that's what it is yep which is a me without you track so like how do i not recall that (laughs) nice oh yeah be still boom
1: well that seems like a great transition into (laughs) the me without you of it all
0: (laughs) okay great
1: (laughs) Why not? I don't want to talk about killers anymore, guys. <laughs> fine, I, can talk about killers I was the like, rest I was
0: like, I was I was like, I hope they, I hope I can talk about the killers. I literally was like, <laughs>
3: <laughs> you're going
2: to shoehorn yeah. it in either way. Mike, oh, you and I amazing. can start a different oh, okay, podcast. Okay, we'll start, yeah, 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 killers y'all can start a Mike, killer's yeah, podcast. You you're, you're, yeah. you're killersing ing me. Cool. Uh, It'll be real like, that's it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, cool. Just
3: dumb. Well, I'm glad that, we did. Be great. I, I feel like I know Mike a little bit better. I was going to be a little thrown off, which went on, went into all the cool stuff. I was like, who is this guy? You know who is this guy? guy? Yeah. He's a massive <laughs> Killers fan, and I love yeah. it. Yeah. Now we
2: know that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I will, okay. Well,
1: well, we we talked about Five Iron, mm-hmm. and and you know, we talked about, well, <laughs> we're, we're going to get more into it. Well, because the thing is, we talked about on our engine of a million plots episode, I mm-hmm. apparently have a reputation online of someone who like hates ska. He's our resident <laughs> oh. ska miser I'm the resident ska miser, okay, uh because I hate joy
0: and yeah and <laughs> I'm
1: just a sad, sad emo boy I love yeah screen. yeah
0: well, by the way, I just want to make it clear a lot of ska is very bad. <laughs>
1: thank you oh, thank you yeah, a All lot right. of
0: it's very bad
1: that's gonna be yeah. my new ringtone yeah.
0: i'm just gonna <laughs> cut that clip <laughs> yeah cool um i
2: love the ringtone joke in 2023 that's so great Exactly. My no i miss i miss being what able we, to like 50? customize your your
3: ringtone express your personality yeah, really cool. yeah, you I would mean, like let it ring to be like oh that's me yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: my first customized <laughs> ringtone. Sorry, this is this is already still off, so off the rails. <laughs> right. My first customized ringtone that I like cut a track in Fruity yeah. Loops yeah. was <laughs> um, was "Walking with a Ghost" by Tegan and Sarah. If That tells Hello. you guys where I'm at.
2: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. That gets down to what, core and how
1: I feel about ska of Kylan. Yeah, that <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> makes so much okay, sense. Okay,
1: so. Mike okay so we talked about kind of your origin story mm-hmm. I would love to get into I don't know I don't I don't want to you know I don't I don't you don't want to
3: miss a thing I don't,
1: <laughs> I don't want thing. to yeah. miss a thing yeah okay so Aerosmith thing. guys let's get into yeah. Aerosmith <laughs> finally um,
0: <laughs> finally I can um. all, my my knowledge of Aerosmith only goes <laughs> as deep as Rock and Roller Coaster and Hollywood mm. Studios. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay yes. so that's, that's all that's you need honestly it kind of is it. <laughs> it kind of is yeah
2: really yeah that's the crucial stuff
1: Aerosmith <laughs> is kind of like a like yeah like you just need the cliff notes
2: yeah
4: fair <laughs> enough very <laughs> much um, so
1: okay so you have been the manager for Mew That You American mm-hmm. Rock Band Me without you for (laughs) a long time. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So uh, we kind of had this conversation a little bit with Jonathan Clark on our Penny Black episode or interview with him and Troy Glesner. Mm -hmm. Because they were like, like, so Jonathan was a mixing engineer. Troy is a mastering engineer. Of course. And so I want to just give the audience maybe just like a quick little rundown of... Like what a manager does. Like what is your sure. like like what for people that are not aware,
2: what what do you do for the band? Yeah. Like what yeah. like what is your involvement? And spare no gruesome details. Fair yes. enough. Really get into the, the <laughs> mud it. and the blood Got it. Here.
0: Got it. So uh yeah, I think what a manager does is probably different from what I do. My role within the band is well, any re- manager's role is just to facilitate opportunity, right?
2: and so so succinct i love that yeah
0: it's just it's, it's as simple as that like i'm just trying to keep things on the calendar mm. for the band to do uh and try to make sure that they are on their way to earning money and then eventually earning more money <laughs> and uh, trying to set them up for success but yeah basically it's just facilitating opportunity keeping things on um on the calendar for them to do and then also you know there's a bit of like uh there's a therapeutic end to it as well, because, well, for me anyway, like Mm -hmm. I would have to be sort of an armchair psychiatrist. You have to deal with a lot of interpersonal drama. You Mm -hmm. have, and some people have Mm -hmm. to deal with, you know, egos, stroking them or um, just abetting them (laughs) or doing whatever it is, you know, or killing them (laughs) in some cases. But uh, yeah. So that's what a manager would generally do. It's like, Oh, well, you know, we get you this sneaker deal and we put you on this commercial and then, the next thing you know, you got a, a sync and an iTunes ad and then every you got mm-hmm. a billion streams a year and you can do easy touring. And, you know, it's, you know that's like right. what you can do. But Me Without You is never, I think I heard this on Mason's podcast where he said that we developed a cult following. And mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. kind of my job was well, what I feel like in retrospect, my job with Me Without You and facilitating opportunity was to sort of foment that mm-hmm. relationship between fan and um and the work specifically yeah. not so much the band mm. yeah, but yeah the work thinking. yeah
1: so can you perhaps give examples of like like practically how you did that
0: yeah i think the, the big thing that we did um was when i first came on in 2011 as manager by the way i've been with the band uh since 2006 on the road as a merchandiser and um a tour manager and Mm -hmm. uh and then i eventually took over doing uh, co-management with uh, my friend josh bender and then um eventually i became the sole manager so the the way that we fomented as i I use that term Mm -hmm. it was when we did the self-release with uh 10 stories Mm -hmm. uh in 2012 and when it was like made known that this is now like a grassroots thing there's no label backing this. Like, right. we're pressing these things all by ourselves, and we're going to sell them on our own website or our own web store. And um, I think that brought us a bit closer to our fan base. And then mm-hmm. we packaged the records ourselves up. You know, we, we designed the whole thing ourselves. We commissioned artwork from Vasily Kafanoff. we did all the previous records before that, and all the records after that as well. I feel like that, that's one of those things that ingratiated us. Like now this is like, mm-hmm. you know, we drove our own bus and we filled it up with grease and like, we, right. we pushed our own gear in. We were always a skeleton crew on tour. And so me without you had this sort of like DIY punk thing. And so I feel like the self-release of 10 stories was just that again, in this new iteration right, yeah. yeah right so um and i feel like we've continued and we made it like one of the other things too is this is maybe a more broader idea here but like it's punk and it's diy but like it's premium like mm-hmm. when we mm-hmm. when we do something it's not like yeah, it's uh what we can, oh let's find like a sackcloth and like tie all these things together and like put the <laughs> lps and it's like no it's like we we went out and we spent a lot of money and had a lot of consideration into materials and Mm -hmm. poured over details and then learned from our mistakes and then iterated again and then iterated and then iterated. And like, now we're like committed to like making good stuff. That was one of the things that like when I first came on to sell merch and I started ordering merch for the band as part of my responsibility is like, we work with this company called belly acres out of Chicago and they do really good work. Like they do excellent work. And they really do <laughs> excellent work. I don't know how known that was at the time, but it's like, we're not just going to go with Joe Schmo. We're going to go with this like right. mm, smaller print shop that can do really excellent work. And we're going to print on American apparel, right? So buying American was important and having like a good quality, like sweatshop free material was important as well. Now, all those things that are kind of blurry later on it's like is this sweatshop mm. free or like right, what right. is a sweatshop <laughs> like mm. you know uh, now it's like a canadian company owns american apparel and it's like it's that's funny it's the whole thing you know well, But yeah. the
2: information like, you had at the time
0: well it, but even so it's still a quality product mm. beyond mm-hmm. anything else that was on the market and there's this idea that like we're gonna make oh and the designs themselves we don't do one color designs we do do one color designs because sometimes that looks nice but at the time yeah. it was like a principle where it's like we do six color designs and they're big and they're elaborate and they're illustrative. And Mm -hmm. I think it was this idea that like, we, like everyone was a bunch of sort of like scrubs on a grease bus that like, (laughs) then had like really nice like merchandise at their table and who put on this like crazy set. And it just like, that sort of like thing was like, you know, we kind of like, we wanted the, like despite the fact that like it looked like no one showered and like you know our bus our bus was like rusted out it's like guys want their records to sound awesome
1: yeah and they Mm. want
0: and they want everything around the band to look awesome and feel awesome so i feel like there's an we wanted we wanted to elevate the work despite the fact that there was this sort of like diy thing happening that makes sense i feel like i feel like in some way that's in that's like People knowing that we still do that today, a, a you know a year and some months after the band has sort of um, you know retired or not broken up, said farewell or whatever you want yeah. to call it, um, mm-hmm. that we we still continue those traditions today, and we still run our own merch store, which is a big part of my responsibility. And so, yeah, I feel like that sort of like I answer every customer email that comes in, and wow. uh, I ship out occasionally I I, I I get help to come in and help me out when I have a large amount of stuff, but like 90% of the orders that go out, they all go through my hands. Right. Mm. There's like this thing too, where now I am a part of this more customer or fan facing affair within the band. Uh, whereas like mm. when you say, Hey, can I change the address to my order or can I update my order? What's going on in my order? Like you get an email back from like the manager of the right. band. Yeah, yeah. Within like twenty-four hours. Mm-hmm. Or in sometimes if I'm sitting on my computer, a couple minutes and I feel like that is important. For sure. I yeah. And
1: I think that it it definitely speaks to like the connection that me without you as an entity has with mm-hmm. fans. Like
4: mm-hmm.
1: everyone I've met that is a me without you fan is mm-hmm. like it, yeah, it's it's similar to like almost kind of the way the circles that I run in, like specifically like horror fans or mm-hmm. like uh, like boutique, like film distribution, chan- like, like okay. syndrome or what criterion used to be like the okay. people that are like really <laughs> into those things. Because there's like a sense of community. There's like a there. There's a real personal attachment, and I think yeah, yeah, I think a big part of that comes from that high quality and personal touch. You know, those are Mm. those are really important factors, and I feel like uh, you know it's surprising, honestly, how few bands have kind of cracked that Mm -hmm. (laughs) in in the way Mm -hmm. that that Me Without You has.
0: It's all Aaron it's all Aaron Weiss yeah he is um because he is such a oh, enigma to people because he is <laughs> right. this like sort of like big like vociferous like lead singer lead mm-hmm. shouter whatever you want to call him he, and he's just flailing on stage but then he is at the same time this like sort of like shy and meek person who like mm-hmm. kind of like you know wants to be out of the spotlight
1: right mm-hmm.
0: at the same time I think it's that sort of dynamic where it's like, oh, he's, you know, he's so monastic. Well, if he's so monastic, then why is he flailing around on stage? Yeah. Like,
2: you know. He's he's creating this dichotomy that confuses yes. people, but also endears them to him.
0: Totally, right. totally, yeah. totally. I think another thing too, the, um, and this isn't me, I'm not claiming any of this. This is mostly, I think, you know, just the culture of the band, was that like we would do potlucks, right? So like the barrier between... Uh, someone who comes to the show and the band isn't just like, hey, hey, we're we're hanging out by the merch table, come say hi. It's like, no, no. Here's a meet
1: and greet. Here's
0: a meet and greet that you pay for, right? Which I tried to convince the band to do a couple of (laughs) times. Because, because, and for reasons, I'll explain in a second. But like there is this sort of like this barrier breaking down when the band is accessible and personable and wants to know the people that are coming to the show and wants to talk to them. The thing is, Mm -hmm. is that, that became, it was very hard for Aaron because mm. everyone wants to talk to Aaron. Everyone wants course, to ask him a question sure. and they all want like the Sermon on the Mount. That's what we all called it. Right. Where he'd be out there after a show or before a show talking to like 50 kids, just kind of like, and yeah, it, yeah. Aaron's not a prophet. He's a very, very intelligent person. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and he's a very uh, charismatic person, what he wants to be. And again, people are attracted to this enigma. But that would wear him down. Like he would lose his voice. He'd just get emotionally worn out. People would come up yeah, with his yeah. problems and this, that, and the other. And eventually it was like, um, probably around 2009, 2010, he had to sort of recede. He couldn't, mm-hmm. he could that was just, you know, um, not sustainable. Yeah. That. And this was my reason for the meet and greet. I was like, listen, <laughs> we're about to do a farewell tour. Like your fans want to say hi. <laughs> this is a controlled environment to mm, like
2: mm-hmm. meet them and he can still protect his energy
0: bingo because we're not a letting way. a million people in yes and you know we do and of course the, there's another barrier where it's like you have to pay money to get in that's not because like right. y- of course we want money but like the money is also it's a ticket like yes. we're not doing a lottery here we, we could do a lottery maybe yes. that would have been swallowed easier by the band certainly would have been um worth my time to set up but uh you know you know th- that could have been one we could have done it something like that i don't even know how you would even set that up but that was like yeah. the vip things were like absolutely not no way no way and i was just like mm-hmm. these guys are such a bunch of i mean it's a total millennial thing to like do the vip thing gen x bands like me that you are just like what the heck no <laughs> way yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing this. No. But, well how's it's so corny it's like it's not corny this is What people want, Mm, you know.
4: mm -hmm, Mm -hmm. Right.
0: Fugazi thought they were selling T-shirts from corny. So, like,
4: you know what I'm saying? Like,
0: (laughs) hey, man, you got to
2: wear a shirt most days, at least. Most days, (laughs) you might as well sell sell one. Not if you're my kids.
0: They just want to be naked all the time. (laughs) They just sure. Mm. And there, you know, there's a certain extent
2: that that's all right. And then you get (laughs) old enough, you enter society, and Uh you gotta start. You wear your Fugazi
3: shirt. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) what
2: i'm hearing though mike is like that there's this there's this balance between that accessibility of the artist and also protecting their energy and you're almost like this facilitator of that that access or that that interaction that that you know obviously was the the factor that that did dif- differentiate me without you as a band to its fans and help them have some sense of ownership and some sense of connection uh which helped yeah. hopefully the band succeed ultimately i definitely felt that you know coming up listening to each album as it dropped going to live shows i felt a level of connection that i didn't with a lot of bands so it was effective cool. i can say from from the perspective of of just one single fan yeah but but i'm wondering w- was that a lot of work for you to facilitate or or i don't know it's it's interesting to hear you talk about it because it feels like it's a natural disposition of yours or or, or just something that kind of comes very organically it doesn't seem like like i would be i <laughs> i would be struggling with this kind of work if, <laughs> if it were mm. if they were like hey tj we want you to manage this i'd be like how What? Yeah. Um. Your your skill set seems really matched to to the
0: job. Yeah. Well, it's matched to it's it's matched to me without you because that's the Mm. culture that I came up with on the road. Like when I the first band I ever toured was was Me Without You. Like I Mm. I graduated college in two thousand six, and um I had become friends with some of those guys. They were my favorite band (laughs) at the time. Like I loved Me Without You.
2: Nice. And um you
0: know Greg and I had become close and then he lived with mike and so mike and i became close and then i went on tour right and so and i got kind of taught how to do things Mm. right in the band like their tour manager and eventual their manager josh josh bender taught me the ropes on the road the guys taught me sort of you know i kind of learned what the culture was and how we did things and then it was my job eventually to sort of like push that a little bit more because Mm. I don't even remember what it was. It was probably two thousand when we first got on tour with Miu you Like we were doing like five dollar per diems, thirty five dollars a week. Okay. Wow! For per diem for per diem, just because, and we did that for like we must have done that until twenty eleven, and then we got like road wow. crew. We got like someone to sell merchandise, and I was like, hey, uh, you know, we should be doing like twenty dollars a day, like bare minimum <laughs> for here for like per diem, <laughs> mm-hmm. like. People need to eat breakfast. Like dinner buyout is wonderful, but like sometimes it's fifteen bucks. Like right. a per diem. Right. Like you, it's your money too. Like right. you now get to have a hundred and forty dollars a week just for the heck of it. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's not a this isn't taxable. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like, um uh that was like one of those things where like I had to kind of like, maybe like push like, hey, we can do a little better here. We can change. A- but then, like, yeah, it's suited in a way that only because, like, I was brought up in it. Like, mm, I was, right. you know, um, I don't know how suited I would be. I'm also very gracious to the band because um, I mentioned egos earlier. Not a lot of egos. Mm, really. Everyone that's gets a an gift. ego. Everyone gets an ego. And, like, believe me, there's been, I have an ego at times. Like, yeah. there's been some knockdown, dragout stuff. There's been a lot of heels dug in. Mm. But I'd never get the phone call at like 3 a.m. being like, I need someone to get me Wendy's. Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like some ridiculous right. thing, like find me an Apple store. That's open. It's in my like, writer.
4: Yeah. That, I've never got print.
0: like the most, like I can't, I don't even have a thing where it'd be like, can you get me a Red Bull before 30 minutes before the set? <laughs> that would be like the big request that I'd have. Yeah, to, like, that's and the big, and I gotta go find a Red Bull, <laughs> you know, uh, like it was rock. never like, find yeah,
2: 20,000 yeah.
0: <laughs> guys were always very um, self-sufficient, you know, they um Hmm. took care of themselves i was definitely leaned on plenty because that's my job as a tour manager on on the road yeah yeah i should also mention that i was i started that i started as the the merch guy in 06 and then i became a tour manager in in 2010 and then i became the co-manager in 2011 and then in 2012 and in 2012 i was the manager and in that Hmm. time i didn't give up any of those roles.
3: Them. I gave up like merch I gave up them
0: for like yeah. a couple years and then I eventually took it back and um I just did it the whole way. and then also I should also mention when we did the self-release we were like oh then I took on the online store right so I'm a distro mm-hmm. on top of, I'm a record label on top of it. So That's I just bonkers, me man. without you became like like my small business.
4: Right. Like right.
0: I, I had the guy I had like a I had a writer's room. Right. And that was, you know, the guys who play on stage and everyone knows. And then I was, my job was to sort of like take their output and give it context. And so, yeah. And then try and figure out how to finance it, how to get everyone paid, how to make mm-hmm. everyone happy, get who are we going to go on tour with, do all that sort of stuff. So I, it really, like, I am technically, if we're talking about LLCs and S Corps, like, I am like <laughs> one, I am one, I am legally one sixth of me that you. Like I'm not just a manager, like I literally it is right. my band. <laughs> like my right. company with these five other guys that are currently in it. So you're That's still cool. once
3: you become like full manager, you're still like going out on the road with them for like oh, yeah. all their yeah. tours and everything. It's the
0: only thing I ever wanted to do was be with this band eventually. Mm-hmm. I didn't want tour I didn't want to manage other bands per se. I did manage Five Iron Frenzy for uh, probably about a year. But that was it, really. I didn't really do anything other than that, and I didn't really want to. An event, and I did go on tour with other bands. I toured with Mates of State. I toured with Brand New. Nice. Uh, I toured with, with Manchester Orchestra, and Bad Books, and so I, you know, I, I had a career in touring. But events, I would turn down any of those gigs if you that you had anything going on. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. That's that mm-hmm. just that was home base for me. That's like my crew. Yeah, that's your passion. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: So, Josh, you're pretty Killers agnostic, right?
3: Well, oh, I wasn't going to say it on mic, but I kind of am. I know, I but like, I'm forcing I like you some to. of their stuff, you know? I'm not fully into Killers, but I like a little bit here and there. You know, I'll,
2: I'll accept that, but only because it's a better position than Kylan uh, revealed his position to be on, on this episode, <laughs> which is that Brandon Flowers got bored and... He did. What, what did you say? He did. He, he, he like lost bored. his hunger. He did after will Hot Fuss. I see him by
1: that. Yes,
2: but regardless whether you think you know, imploding the mirage is a masterwork, or Battleborn might arguably be the killer's best album, or if you think Hot Fuss is when they peaked. Regardless, it doesn't matter because you can get imploding the mirage on vinyl at Collide Records. Right now, you can also get Hot Fuss 180 gram, y'all, on Collide Records. Right now, unfortunately, you can only get the CD of Battleborn, but I had that CD. I don't know where it went. Josh probably stole it from me, but I had it at one point and it sounded great. So, you know, it's a UK pressing on Collide Records. I don't know what that means, but I feel like it's gonna sound awesome. The point is, a lot of their discography is available. And not only that, but if you throw in the promo code Church Now on your first order from Collide Records, you'll get 20% off on any of that. You could bundle it. You could just decide, you know what, I'm going all in on the Killers, right? And prove Kylan wrong, that the whole discography is awesome. You could also prove Josh wrong that being Killers agnostic is just just a bad choice not a way to be yeah you know what
1: yeah. you know what no josh one, no one you likes have the fence worst sitter. opinion
2: yeah I'm just of all of us i don't care either way <laughs> no, you know what kyle and i and never mind I, I i changed my mind you're right you're right right josh is, josh, josh is the real ultimately villain
1: has here. the worst <laughs> opinion on the killers I don't of think all anything of us
2: bad just no
1: opinion uh, somehow that's opinion. worse i
3: like i like <laughs> more of their songs than i dislike them nope okay. that's just
1: wrong that's just yeah. wrong Okay, so to prove Josh wrong, yeah. go to you know colliderecords dot Buy really prove
3: me wrong is this pressure machine deluxe vinyl box uh, yeah. set that okay, they pressure have. Pressure machine oh, yeah, is pretty
2: great. I didn't yeah. mention that. Oh, you mean yeah, Nebraska two point
3: um, <laughs> Yep. Okay, that is what we mean. <laughs> yep. So see, you should like them. I mean, as a boss fan, like yeah, you should just, you should really just doing make doing the leap. Time. Time. But anyways, I want to say <laughs> that vinyl, that box set, it's a it's a pretty hefty box set, but you. Put in church jams now, 20% off of that sucker. That's mm-hmm. like, it's 83 bucks right now. 20% off that, you're looking in the 60s. That's easy money for if you're nice. a massive killer fan. Easy money. Killers fan that needs pressure machine deluxe vinyl box set. Or it's yeah, pretty sweet. an anti-Josh fan
1: who wants to prove <laughs> that Josh has <laughs> the worst opinion on this way. podcast regarding the killers. 60 bucks.
4: Yep. Totally 60 bucks. worth it.
2: All totally right.
1: worth it. Colliderecords.com. Use promo code CHURCHTIMSNOW now for twenty percent off that purchase. Let's get back to the show. So you said that like you graduated college, they were your favorite band. Mm. You went on tour. So can you recount to us your first experience seeing me without you and being like, oh, I just want to hang out with these this guys. Is it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, I like, want to hang out with that. these guys. Oh, well, no. I mean, the first time I saw me without you was on the radio takeover tour December eighteenth at the TLA, which was P Shock's last show. And was also the day that Mike mm. and his wife Sarah were engaged. So oh, that was in Philadelphia. That was day? in Philadelphia. Yeah, it was a big day. shocks last show as a member, like a full time member. He still came back and like a couple things. We flew him into Cornerstone one time. We we nice. <laughs> told we did a uh our southeast asian tour with p shot because greg couldn't make it like p shot came on tour with brand new in 2007 in europe like he was always just like oh, oh greg can't do it you like call dan let's get dan on the <laughs> phone me. and fly yeah. dan let's in go. here. It's like does dan even know how much of the catalog does dan know you know like um but he was such a trooper man god nice um anyway and that's when i saw the band for the first time but um Again, referencing the uh, Mason's episode too, talking about pure volume. Mm-hmm. That's like where I probably first heard January nineteen seventy nine and Paper Hanger. Oh, wow. Those was the two singles okay. that came wow. out, and I just was like, "Whoa, what's this?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, that, and then I went back and I listened to A to B Life, and I um, oh, cool. uh, listened to A to B Life a little bit. But like, I my my roommate Kimon um, in college, uh, an old friend of mine I went to high school with, he. He illegally downloaded Catch Rose the Foxes. I don't I don't nice. know what right. And so we he downloads yeah. he's like, yo, I got the new me without you album. It's like, all right, cool. And we sat in front of his computer and like listened to it, <laughs> you know? Great. Um and I just was like, I remember when Forward Letter came on and they do the cry of Exodus, uh, mm. that Scotty Kruger does. I hit on like looking up, who is that Aaron? My God, I didn't know we could sing. Of course, it's not Aaron at all, but like it was just right. my point is to illustrate that we were like not just like yeah, passively yeah, sure. listening like, to it.
4: Yeah. We were
0: like engrossed in listening to it.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And that record became like my favorite record, like by far, mm-hmm. uh, at that point. And um, where I would it would be just an earworm in my head. I'd be thinking of lyrics that are things that are singing, like someone would say something, and then I would launch into like <laughs> a mute you lyric that corresponded to it
2: i love it and i
0: would just find that happening all the time that extended into my first tour i mean you know, where someone would say something and then i would respond with a mute i just it just was Too uh, it was bad it's like
1: just try so hard to not be a nerd just like yeah just really, don't be really. A nerd
0: I can't do that <laughs>
2: script and crooked lines
0: yeah exactly <laughs> something like that where I would, just, um, you just someone would yeah, circles <laughs> points and lines and cover <laughs> them like carpets and I would just go I just uh, um but yeah that was uh part of like the obsession that happened there but mm. my relationship with them started when um gr- oh well I went to this coffee shop every day. This is
2: in Philadelphia?
0: In Philly, sorry. Okay. And, and this is a coffee shop in the Italian market called The Gleaners, which is a, if anyone ever goes to the Italian market, it's an awesome cafe with an yes. incredible mozzarella, uh, tomato, and artichoke sandwich called, called The Gleaner. It is okay. such a good breakfast sandwich. I'm just, going. Shout out to the gleaners. It's so good. It's gonna happen.
1: You're the most Philly guy I've ever met. I know. I like, so love it. <laughs> I love this.
0: I went back, I went back like a couple months ago and I brought my youngest son and I just I bought that sandwich and I was like, Oh, it's <laughs> it's just as good as <laughs> still,
2: still the best. <laughs> so yeah, still the
0: best. So I would go there and um there would be this uh, this girl, she was there as well, her name was Eleanor. I started hanging out with her and then all of a sudden this other guy started hanging out with us too. And it was Greg from me with how you, and I just was like, Oh, it's the guy from like my favorite band here. <laughs> and I think we both have a crush on this same girl. Mm. And so we all, we were always in each other's orbit. <laughs> Yeah,
2: that's um, that's like got to be Greeners. really conflicting for you cuz no, like uh, you love what he does but he's like horning in on your territory. No,
0: it's not a, it wasn't like, it I'm was, kidding, like I'm kidding. No, I was just, I like <laughs> I'm a, I'm not I'm not a wolf in that sense. No. Um but uh but then Greg and I became close. Like um, Oh nice. And we we This is an indie
2: st- film right now.
0: Like Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Greg and I bonded sure. over we bonded over Star Wars and nice. we would, you know, hang out go over to his house hang out whatever just talk about star wars hang out with eleanor and then um and eventually like we were at like a at the Qdoba on walnut street in center city <laughs> and i just he's eating fish tacos because greg just he, i've never seen greg touch red meat he just eats fish oh. but he got a fish tacos probably and then he i was just like hey i got something to he's Like, what is it i was like i like love me without you he was like oh oh cool <laughs> <laughs> cool. And like, that was it. And it's just like,
4: wow. all right. I mean, it, it
0: wasn't a thing. I wasn't trying to be like, I know who you are, but I'm like, this is good. anyway. I wasn't trying to like be that guy. Yeah, it like, wasn't I, a flex, I want so my play. relationships to be natural. Of course I want, I want to know people who are interesting to me. Sure. But then through Greg, I got to know kind of, you know, everyone else as a result. Nice. Um, and that's how I kind of be- became integrated into that whole thing where I would find myself over at Greg's house with Mike and they'd be um, listening to demos for um, brother, sister. Right. Nice. And then I would just, I, just, I would get this, like, so I'm a massive fan and I'd be like listening to this, the next record, the new me without you record, mm-hmm. like on these like tiny, like you know, desktop speakers. That is hilarious. <laughs> no vocal, no vocals on them.
2: Oh wow!
0: Yeah, because me and I, you, um, that you songwriting process, the writing it,
2: structure. Yeah,
0: it's very punk rock. It's very mm-hmm. hardcore. This is like you just write the riffs and you just write out the song structure and then you give it to your lyricist and then he just kind of like barks and shouts stuff over <laughs> it. That's part of me that use post right. is hmm. ingrained in that writing process all the way up to 20, 2018.
2: Right. Well, and not to like take us down a tangential road, but mm-hmm. I do have a question actually that that pertains to that. Well, um, go for it. If, if you don't mind, and and feel free to to plead the fifth or you know right. whatever you need to do. But um, <laughs> I'm in tr- I'm intrigued. I so, <laughs> so, I don't know where this uh, is going. Well, where yeah, could this yeah. Possibly be. You know, I was I was uh, definitely huge into me without you by the time that It's All Crazy came out. Mm. And um was really intrigued by how different um that record was sounding.
0: <laughs> What's but different uh, about it?
2: <laughs> not, nothing at all. I don't <laughs> nothing know. Nothing at mean. all.
0: Yeah. I know what you
2: mean. but I did also deep dive. I heard you chatting with Matthew of Pot of Never.
4: But yeah.
2: And uh, on on that episode, uh, um, you were kind of—he was asking you to speak a bit about the the ebbing and flowing of of like the popular culture and how me without you uh, related to that, and how mm-hmm. you know for a minute their sound really fit into the center of the, the zeitgeist of like the raw emotive emo scene, and then they kind of f- maybe fell out because things went toward that twee folk pop yeah. uh, direction, and and then. You know the banjos and the bells and all that, and yeah, and yeah. You mentioned how it felt like it was maybe them trying to like chase a sound that the moment had already passed for. Yes. And but I remember I don't. I wish I could like cite my source because I feel feel very like woo right now. Just being like I heard a thing one time and I think <laughs> yeah. it's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I was a like a big kind of nerd and, and would read a lot of these interviews and and things. And I feel like there was a, a fairly reputable source that I found that was um, explaining how the writing process for that album was more Aaron actually writing songs, like on acoustic or like, you know, a, a, a more sparse um, song structure and then bringing yeah. it to the band as opposed to their primary style, which you alluded yeah. to earlier, which was <clears throat> vice versa, where the band sure. would write some riffs, some structure, and then he would come and lay a top line over it. Um, Totally. I just want to hear from you about that and whether there's any, if that holds water at all, did he, like, approach the, did they approach the album writing process differently on that one?
0: No, they did not approach it differently. It ended up, it did end up becoming different. Okay. So, uh, when the guys first got together to write it's all crazy. It was the traditional style. Like let's do it, You know, well, they were now a four piece by the way, mm-hmm. because Chris had, Chris Kleinberg had left the band, no longer a part of the band. Mm-hmm. So now they're a four piece writing, which means that they were technically a three piece writing mm-hmm. because Aaron is not really that involved in a lot of that stuff gotcha. um, until the end, uh, just because he doesn't, you know, doesn't, write the guitar lines. He doesn't play drums. He's not playing bass. His right. co- his contribution is like, m- is mostly vocals. And of course he does acoustic stuff and like, right. he does, he does play piano and he does, you know, he is a, he is a drummer himself. Uh, so but he's he can more do of all like a things.
2: player with instruments and less of a writer. Bingo. That's exactly. That's, okay, that's what, yeah. cool. So that
0: clears it up. So yeah, there are probably about eight or nine songs that got written that were the traditional style of that. And then, and there were some bangers on there too, man. Ones that never saw light of day. Um, there was one song that was like dark and cool called Terminator four. What? Uh, and, uh, there was another one called Lexus commercial and they had just like cool riffs and like rolling bass lines and like just classic, like aggressive me without you. Um, and, uh, none of that stuff was like really working. There was also songs called like ships and bottles and salt and stick and like all these different like demo Mm. names. These mean nothing. I'm just giving you kind of interesting tidbits about the the songwriting process. But there was a, it sounded like a me without you record, although not a very Mm. good one to be quite honest. Mm. And Mm. certainly not enough material there to, to build a record off of. Mm. And so like songs like Lexus commercial, which really was more of an idea than um, an actual song. It was a riff, uh, a part that could have been a, uh, something cool. Terminator four put by the wayside came back in some other like subtler ways in other songs. Okay. Um, all these songs, was ships and bottles so is just kind of a, a dirge. It was too slow, whatever. And so you had songs like, you know, salt and stick ended up being fit with a bellyache. There's a song called oh, okay. swan. That ended up being Timothy Hay, a song called Island Jam that ended up being um, Goodbye Eye. Uh, Every Thought I Thought of You was called Utah Jazz. The, so you have like Utah. So, so you have. <laughs> so you've got. So you've got on that record. and maybe I should just pull it up. There's a lot of songs that are just they're all written by the, like the four piece, the three piece, as it were. Right, right. Uh, let me pull this up real quick. I gotta this get the killer.
2: Mike, Greg, and Ricky, right? Yeah, that's, pretty that's much. Yeah. Keys, and, essentially.
0: Yeah, exactly. So every thought is every thought has Aaron on it doing the, mm-hmm. the keys.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. So every thought was a full band song. Fox of Crow and the Cookie is a full band song. Mm-hmm. Goodbye I, full band song, A Stick of Carrot and String, full band, Bullet to Binary Two, full band, Timothy Hay, full band, Food the So like really the only ones that are like Aaron and mm-hmm. this in this thing are angel of death and uh cattail down uh king beetle and allah
4: mm-hmm. and the, mm-hmm.
0: everything else so it's like you you've got like a smattering of aaron stuff so it, like it does yeah. get said a lot where it's like aaron brought these songs that's like no aaron filled out the stuff that wasn't working with his own mm-hmm. material and then all the accoutrement that was put on those songs proliferated into the other songs. So that's it's so like, cool. you know, that's why there's like what's one of the instruments on Fox Acrona the the Cookie that's like it's like a toy
4: piano. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I yeah, was yeah. Just, I why was, is that, you I know, a mention toy, that
0: exact a tuba.
4: <laughs> a tuba.
0: <laughs> like they, these things just got added to like to, to make create this a thing.
2: chamber folk record.
0: Exactly. And to make it sound make it be distinct. That was the other thing. A lot of those things had sort of occurred in smaller ways, on Brother Sister, and this was this was the sort of like natural progression of like finding what was different about that album and and moving forward and trying to implement more of that Into stuff.
2: The next iteration, but yeah. I feel
0: like I feel like the acoustic stuff that Aaron brought pushed that just to the nth degree, and so I think that's why it's all crazy sounds just so distinct. Yeah, so I mean, it is, it is true. I mean, Aaron brought more songs on that record, I think, than any other of the albums. Um, cool. So yeah. And also, you know, having Daniel's influence, Daniel Smith's influence. I mean, that's mm, it. We, they picked mm-hmm. the producer. Right? For all that stuff. Like there's right. just like we want this to be like a Seven Swans.
2: Yeah, yes. Kind of record, that's right? exactly the feeling I had kind of coming away from it was like this yeah. is, this is like a weird like Sufjan album. Yeah. And like it makes so much sense that you bring up Daniel as like an influential point of kind of creative energy i don't know how Mm. much that that weighed in but like i don't know it it all kind of makes sense when you when you bring it up yeah but i'm wondering did aaron bring bring things to the table in other records that in and obviously this is just your perspective you know we're not gonna (laughs) that's fine we're not gonna be like uh mike's representing the entire me without (laughs) you perspective but um, but are, 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 were there songs that Aaron brought to the table that, that you were like, this really completes an album, or that maybe fought with the the feeling on the record? Because I bring that up because it's all crazy to me. Feels like the one record where he could do that, and where it made sense for him to do that, and where there was space for him to do that, just yeah, because of where, where y'all were at as a band and where where things were going. But I'm curious about the other records. Like, was there kind of any push and
0: pull with that at all?
4: No, so you know, to,
0: to I think that, uh, you know, I think we tried to make space for it again in other mm-hmm. records. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think here when it kind of started. I mean, so Pale Horses was, what's the song on there that Aaron brought? I'm trying to think. Did he bring something on that record? It's not on the record. It's on the EP. The, oh, sorry. So the appendix EP mm. after it has a lot of stuff that Aaron was more involved with. So I'm looking at this right now. Uh, You know, and it's mostly a lot of the Sacred Harp stuff, Hebrew Children, Fairfield, which then were just vocal performances, right? Mm -hmm. Chapel, I think I could be wrong. Maybe Chapel Cross Towns, Aaron. I don't even know if he did. I don't know. It wasn't really there. I think we tried to, so he tried to integrate more of his um, interest in Sacred Harp into Pale Horses and wanted it to be more a part of the record itself. Right. And it got relegated to the EP afterwards, where it's definitely way more appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is sort of gothic and dark, and like he, it is very beautiful in a lot of ways. And it's very yeah. esoteric; like it's not like something that's like a cool thing per se. For sure. um, I could see that
2: uh, that would be a weird departure, though. Like somewhere <laughs> along the way in Pale Horses, like it just wouldn't um, probably wouldn't work.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to think. You know, I, th- I think, I think it was just all crazy, where he was saying. I don't know what to write, and I don't know what to write. But wow. I, I don't I don't know how to write lyrics, but I have so much to say. He was going to do <laughs> the entire album. This is insane. In Latvian. He was going to learn no Latvian. way. <laughs> because he thought the language was beautiful, <laughs> and because it meant that he would have to do less, less work as a lyricist to make things sound beautiful. So he had just, like, tomes written in, an, in a notebook. Like, Aaron is not a writer, by the way. Like mm. Aaron is Aaron can write and write very well, but he's not like a like Bukowski. Where like right. he just has got us. He's just got to write. It just has, just flows out of him. like so it's, it's like earned.
2: Pain. He like yeah. works for it. Yeah, he
4: paint.
0: He describes it as birth. Like Whoa. every time he he like it's traumatic for him in some mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. But when he, when it comes out of it is like a, a beautiful new thing. Yes. Much you know, like, like childbirth. Where think it it's traumatic for the woman, and then, it, but then the woman forgets about it, and it's beautiful. And like, let's have another, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um,
2: Thus is the record cycle. <laughs> yes,
0: except the, the impending fear would always come with every. <laughs> it mm. wouldn't quite go away. The hormones didn't, sure. didn't work the same with the record as it does with a child. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we tried to try to make space for it there. The Sacred Harp stuff found its way in there, and then when we went to go do Untitled which didn't have a name at the time it was supposed to be a double album and oh, Aaron wow. was off in Idaho writing like these weird inner like lo-fi like interstitial songs like a minute long 50 seconds long where he would just like they wouldn't even be songs They're so just like ideas that's why I call them like interstitial tracks right you're familiar with the the band Olivia Tremor Control They're like an Elephant Six sort of band. Mm -hmm. They kind of are adjacent Mm -hmm. to Neutral Milk Hotel. Very kind of weird experimental tape manipulations and like pop songs. And like they would make these like big sprawling double records where it's just like cool pop song, very beautiful song is here. And it's like, that's cool. And then it's like two minutes of like tape manipulation and like weird just experimental (laughs) stuff to kind of like fuzz it up in between. And I feel like he had this idea that we were going to do something like this. We were going to contrast the lo-fi with the hi-fi. And this was, mm, this was mm-hmm. this, um, the dynamic was going to be something he was going to play with.
2: Interesting.
0: So yeah, he recorded, I don't know. I don't know how many songs he recorded songs, tracks he recorded. I probably have like six of them on my computer, Maybe eight on my computer. And it's all just kind of like, they're, they're not songs, but they mm. never, we were always ready for them to like be brought,
4: mm. be
0: like, here's this idea, here's this idea. And then we would kind of like flush it out, together a little bit and then we'd see where it fit in the record they he i think that he got he felt that maybe i don't want to speak for aaron but my sense is that he maybe was embarrassed or didn't feel like the guys were very engaged with it or he thought that because we weren't engaging with it as much as he had thought that we were not that the band was not interested in it yeah right but but the thing is with aaron and the writing process it's like Everybody, hands off. (laughs) Like, nobody talked to Aaron about it. Mm -hmm. Like, just nobody talked. Don't you can't go into the studio when Aaron's there. He's very self conscious about what he's doing. Mm -hmm. He has to have a lot of trust, like with Daniel Hmm. or with Will on the last two records and the EP. He needs to feel very safe and comfortable, and somebody can work with and try a lot of things out, and know that he's going. He needs to have trust in the in that room, Mm -hmm. and so. I get the sense that he was like, no one's into this idea, and like um, we're just moving past that. Like, Guys want to write a rock record, let's just write a rock record. <laughs> we always mm-hmm. know, um, and so not a lot of that, none of that stuff. Christie with the sparkling teeth, Christy with mm, woo. No, that's a Dom song. Dom wrote that song. Bird Runner, Existential Dread. Is that? I don't know. I don't think that. I don't think that. Uh, I don't know what Aaron brought. If he brought anything in there, it's kind of a shame. Hmm.
2: Actually. Yeah, so yeah right. we
0: tr- we tried to make space for it but it didn't it didn't really come didn't really happen
2: right and sometimes that's how that's how it goes
0: he contributes a lot though like, let's be oh, honest sure. like, yeah, yeah, sure. you don't i'm saying like i'm not saying he's not contributing all right of course i'm not saying that but i'm just like he is like he's so he's 50 percent of the band easily right right right, right. he's one guy yeah mm. he's carrying such a heavy load yeah, on every huge mm. yeah I,
1: I i would love to go back you know, I, I I know I keep using this term, but then I I'm just so fascinated. Like as a as an insecure creative myself, mm-hmm. like I, I'm so fascinated mm-hmm. by the how you facilitate that practically. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. A, as as the band sort of like moved on, and and you said, you know, like he needs a lot of trust in the studio, and only certain people can be there. So are are you? Specifically looking for people that that you have worked with successfully in the past, and then sort of like barring certain people from the studio, and and like I I, I don't want like names or anything, you know what I mean? Like I just I I just I'm I'm very curious as to how you help the
0: kind of create that atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't so do any. So I don't before. do any. I don't do any. Okay. there's all they're all big boys. They all like mm. if, it's just kind of understood that like Aaron probably doesn't want people here. Yeah. And he's not going to share his lyrics beforehand. He's not going to share a lot of vocal takes or ideas. He became more open at the end. I mean, he he probably did um 10 stories. He shared East Ender's Wives vocals early. On later records, he probably did, you know, a couple things. He probably did we he shared with me watermelon ascot at some point. Like he's things get like sprinkled in there,
4: right.
0: but I'm not doing anything. In fact, he's yeah. No, there's no, it's just kind of understood. This is like part of the culture yeah. It's like, mm. it, oh, and even when this is, this is how far it extends. And it's kind of funny. Cause it's um the, um the, one of the best days ever from working this band is like, when you get uh, a rough mix with Aaron on a track, mm. because now mm-hmm. you know what the track is going to be. Right. Mm. Because you listen to the demos for like six months at this point right <laughs> guys guys have gone in they've done pre-pros they've done the rough mix everything sounds really cool but like you don't know what it's going to sound like
4: mm-hmm.
0: um a, the, a classic example is i can't really speak to it but people would tell you Time me up on time was a very different song before aaron came onto to it and then mm-hmm. changed it and the one that more recently is um, i'm going to mess the name up because i'm going to call it the demo but burnham wood okay i, I looked oh, at yeah, my yeah. list
4: <laughs> it was originally like called
0: it. spacely sprockets by the way so when That's Spacely Sprockets was the song, it was like, whoa, this is like, this is a killer movie that you song. This is classic. Can't wait to hear what Aaron's going to do on this track. My God, like, this is the single. And he comes back and he's just like, oh, effects. it's just like, it's not <laughs> the song that anyway, anyone had hoped. He's like great. singing over it. It's very mid-tempo now. Like, he's... So pulled you a lot of guitars he even out of like
2: it. changes the structure of the song or the sonic, like rise and fall.
0: He needs to it sometimes because, like, like I think there on the choruses, like, there was a guitar part. He needed it. He couldn't have it in there because he'd be competing with it. So he took the guitar mm. part out. You would extend certain parts, shorten, truncate other parts just to kind of make the song work best. Right. So he didn't to fill too much space. He just had to do what he needed to do for the song. So, yeah, there's some of that stuff that would happen in post. Yeah, so you would, get the, you would get the song and be like, holy cow. Like, this is what Mexican War this, – oh, this song is called Mexican War Streets now? Oh, great. Oh, it's awesome, <laughs> yes. right? Yep, yep. And, like, you'd just be stoked on all that stuff. Um, and, but then there'd be instances like – but, oh, here's the thing what I was trying to say about that is that when the track comes in, like, I know, for, speaking for myself, I'm pumped. Like, right. I can't wait to hear the track. And I listen to the track like nonstop, uh, but no one says anything to Aaron. Like someone mm-hmm. says, "Like sounds good, eh?" Like you know, that's it. Because no one wants to like give him the any pressure. positive or negative feedback yeah, or pressure,
4: right. <laughs> right?
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Sure. And so I benefit, and then no one asks some questions about his lyrics.
2: That's okay in the band. That, like no one has. This was my that, big question. I don't question know, what a, I don't was know like, what a single does UNIT even. United Mike, song is know- about. Know- like, does anybody ever know? Nobody
0: knows. No one oh knows. Oh my God. <laughs> no and by the end of me that used, like, catalog, like, some stuff is like, it's pretty dense. Like, yeah. I, you have to be
1: extremely well read. And yes. you have to. You'd almost have to be like a, a professor at a yeah, university. It is, an, uh, yeah.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh. Someone, so,
1: someone
0: did, um, <laughs> some fan did, like, the annotated 10 stories. And I was like, oh, this really? is so helpful. Like they yeah. did like, they went through everything and like, oh, that's what an Ashcat is and like, that's mm-hmm. what this is the reference. Oh, I didn't know that. Like.
2: I did a deep dive on Pale Horses and it was like, forgive my French, but it was a mind fuck, man. Like, dude, untitled <laughs> in the best way.
0: <laughs> Untitled to do crazier. Yeah. Untitled is nerly. like characters speaking to characters and like, they're not even in the lyrics and it's like, they're like wrestlers. Like, How would you like, know yeah. this? <laughs> like WWF wrestlers, and like I don't know what's going on here. Um, so yeah, and I'm not a big lyrics guy personally. I'm, I'm more of, like I'm I'm there for like vibes more so. Yeah. Well, okay. This totally speaks
1: to. I, I was talking about this on our uh, Catch for Us the Foxes episode of like me without you is like like they perfectly toe Dance the line, line of yeah. of like a cerebral band and just mm-hmm. like vibe guys.
4: Yeah. You know what? Like totally. it's,
2: it's mm-hmm. so the perfect. The best of both that, worlds. Which yeah, is, I think why we love them. <laughs> yeah. As <a> podcast. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that yeah. makes total sense. There is such a, you know, cause Aaron, again, is very smart and uh, is um, and likes to challenge himself in terms mm. of his writing and digs very deep for what he's going to write about. Mm. And then at the same time, it's like, you know, Rick is like a, he loves the dead, right? And so yeah, there's like right. this <laughs> kind of like there's like this jam band sort of right. quality to it. So there's like Dude, this weird technicality, and then there's some of that like free flowingness that happens on top of it. So it's very loose and it's very tight. Yes. Yeah. Dynamics are very important, and dichotomy is very important in creating, I think, good work and something that really is captivating to people. I think that's where me that you their strength is in their in in, in their contrast.
2: Yes. Yeah. The versatility. Yeah. Yeah, in in one song,
0: yeah, and In a oh, record, totally. Totally. and in
2: their whole discography,
0: yeah, bingo. Yeah,
2: yeah, agreed. As micro and macro as you want to make it, they've they've mm-hmm. got it. Yeah, yeah.
3: it's just crazy to think about, like being in a band where you have like no, because the band, like when they hear a song for mo- like for most senses, it sounds like the lyrics, like that's that's just how it is. Like you can't give like, oh, Aaron, what if you like tried this instead? Like it's just it is what it is, based right. on what Aaron like, which is such a crazy dynamic to think of. Because most bands, you're like, oh, I think you should do this, a or what more if democratic you it this way. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, they're so different in like, obviously, so much is like the vocals and Aaron's writing are such mm-hmm. an important part of it. So I don't know, maybe it works better that way of yeah. you know, just letting Aaron do his thing and the band just like trusts him. There, and mm-hmm. I feel like later
0: I got well, in, I know that when. Pale Horses came out. There wasn't. There was. There was a lyric note, and it was in Rainbow Signs.
2: Oh, really? Um, that's,
0: and I. I think that's my oh, great, great song. And it, it, you know, the line is. Yeah, it's a great song, and the line is. The line is now. B said the Battersea uh, Shield at the opening of the force field or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And originally the line was Nick Fury, Agents of Shield at the opening of the force field, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And it's, it's in the lyric book still. It's in the lyric book. No way. And no, really. it's scratched I out gotta go find in the my lyric- vinyl. Yeah, it's scratched out in the lyric book where it says Nick Fury, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He still that's screams incredible. Nick Fury. He still screams Nick Fury. If you listen to that part, Beast of the Badders, you see that at the opening of the Force Field. I think that's what it is. And it doesn't sound right. But he screams Nick Fury, Nick Fury, Nick Fury, Nick Fury. There. So that was like that was his like little callback because we're just like Aaron, you know the Avengers movies. Like this is pretty on the nose. They're like, like pop culture right, right now. Like, <laughs> yeah,
2: everyone's gonna get this.
0: Yeah, everyone's. Gonna, like, this is not like the obscure comic book you think it. Is. That you think it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You. Someone had to tell him because he didn't yeah. know uh, at the time. And now oh. he's like he he watched more Marvel movies than I do. He loves those Marvel oh, movies. That's so funny. Um. Uh. But yeah, that was like it. the one. That was like one time there was like a note being like, this is kind of a corny line. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and probably the right one. If there was one yeah. note to be given, right? Yeah. And an album coming out in that like sort it's of true pop culture atmosphere. I think that was the one. Yeah, clip that. Donald. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
4: Yep. <laughs> so funny. But I love that
2: he's still stuck, like, you know, he's I'm he found his little like, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> way so to get it I, in. Pay homage to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so great.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I want to kind of backtrack a little bit to like you running the web store and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just think it's really cool how the band has been, it's been almost a year and a half now since the farewell Mm -hmm. tour and like, you're still able to make this like your job. Like you're still sending records out. You're still like, this is what you're doing. You're shipping stuff out to a band that isn't around anymore, but you're able to make that a sustainable business model. Like, Mm. Yeah. I'd love to hear more about that.
0: Yeah, sure. I kind of always sensed that like this was how Me You would go for a while is that we would, because we had built up our catalog of records that kind of like, you know, we owned all the masters to, we knew that we could kind of like have our own distro and that would just be mm-hmm. like another arm of like our business, essentially, mm-hmm. our band
4: right. as a way right. to,
0: and originally when we did that too, when we did the 10 stories thing, it was like, how can we offset touring? Mm-hmm. Because one of the challenges, one of the reasons that Mira, you eventually, you know, had to kind of like fold was that the band would sell 300 tickets in most markets and would sell 700 tickets in bigger markets. And, you know, we do like 1500 tickets at home in Philly. But like, that's all well and good. And you can make a lot of money selling, playing shows in those kinds of rooms all across the country pretty consistently. The thing is, is that you can make a lot of money doing it. You just have to you have you you make enough money to support your families or six families in this case. Right? You have to do a lot, right? So if we if me and you had ascended to like the next tier, where it's like now we're doing thousand cap rooms, right? We're selling, we're playing the one thousand people every night. Like Mm. that is a wildly different economy Mm. for six people to support their families with. Where now it's like now we can go out once a year once every other year you Mm. know you can put out a record every five years to as much as you want but me that you was like we've got to go on at least at least two tours a year we've got to have a record like every two to three years like we were just Mm. like set in this like pattern and it's just a lot of work and it's for the writing process like I mentioned with Aaron like it's daunting like that's that's in some ways like not it just being at this like it being this sort of like rapacious thing like it just grinds you down like it's very much as a young person's game to be on rock and roll and like go out on the road and be away you know you don't have a family you don't really have your standard of living is much lower eventually when you get older you have a family and your standards uh, go up it's like it becomes more and more difficult your body is aching more literally as you as you play a show, or you're not getting enough rest, or you're just working hard, or whatever the heck mm-hmm. it is, and you know, mentally it becomes harder as you go on. So, like one of the things we wanted to do with the online store is a way to, like I said, offset that thing. So it's like here is extra revenue. So now you don't have to go on three tours a year. Maybe you can go on one big tour, a small tour, and like we can manage our finances through the online store selling. You don't have to sell sell merch. Just when you're on tour, you can sell it every day if right. you want mm-hmm. to, right? And um, that will accumulate, and that will help just ease the pain of having to go out as much. Hmm. And it could even um, benefit you in a way where it's like now you're actually bringing in more money, um, even if you did the same amount of touring in a year. Like you, now you're just you're adding on to the pile. You're making this thing more sustainable for you, your 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 wife, and your kids, and each other ultimately. Because money right. can be such a burden. And I'm, and I'm sorry if I, if I talk so much about money in this thing, but that is I have to be oriented as yeah, yeah. the band's yeah, no, like. So I'm role. also their part of my role. Yeah,
2: right. And what I hear is that you're fomenting opportunity to use your language. Oh, thank you, ah, fomenting yeah, yeah. opportunity. Wow, you know, very corporate like, speak. But it's true. I mean, it, and and to also note something else that I remember you you mentioning in in the episode Never. with Matthew yeah was um keep it small keep it all or something to that <laughs> <point>. yes
4: <laughs> yeah
2: you know in other words like you know when you're when you're funding your own record or when you're running your own store like that can be yeah. a boon for you totally. know, returns uh mm-hmm. and, and exactly. i think there's a, a lot of wisdom there so to, yeah. just to speak to what you're already mentioning like exactly. i'm sh- i'm sure that the the band and you know any connected folks were were like yes this is
0: great <laughs> exactly exactly um one of the things too that was um that was also really great about the store an online store is that like when COVID hit he's like thank god we had that thing mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. nobody eats without the online store for those 153 days or whatever or five 513 days excuse me like where there right. was no shows
2: and with the timeline, like it was going to be a big year, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, for me without you, oh yeah, exactly. exactly. Y'all so you so can't well imagine, tour. yeah, how yeah. And so
0: it's it's one of those is. things where it uh, it really saved our skins mm-hmm. um, during COVID, and um, yeah, it just continues to show returns, and and that really has to go back to like we really have this like cult following, and I'm so appreciative of people that are excited about the band and continue to be excited about the band and like the merchandise that we put out. I'm not like selling like keychains and lighters and like, you know, plush dolls, you know, I'm selling t-shirts. I don't even, I don't even have like a dad hat to sell. Do people call calm dad hats? I don't even have a beanie on the store. I barely have a pullover. I, I sell t-shirts, you know, for the most mm-hmm. part and records. So that's our, that's our bread and butter there. And people, right. you know, they buy it. And when they do that, they're I hope they're getting something they like, but they're really supporting the band still. Like, you know, Mm, guys still make guys are still able to to pull something from it. And um that's just a big help. So it's 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 been a lifesaver in terms of what it means to support ourselves and our families and um just make our lives easier. It's certainly actually but actually except for mine. Mine has been made far more (laughs) difficult and stressful. And it's made my wife uh, want to tear her hair out when a package of <laughs> that, comes that to the seems door. That like yeah. the
1: eternal plight but of but the I like manager.
0: The work. I like the work. Hey, okay. I just no I,
1: in, in my mind, I imagine Ian from Spinal Tap with the cricket bat. Like it's just, <laughs> it's it's just such a
0: specific,
1: different vibe than everyone yeah. else has.
0: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. for sure.
1: But if you love it. <laughs> so okay, I, I want I wanna do Lightning Round doesn't oh. sound right, but, but okay. I've, I've, I've I've got a couple more
2: questions I wanna ask. Thunder round. What's that? <laughs> Thunder round. Thunder, Thunder round. round, okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> um round. Hail storm Round. <laughs> hail <storm> round. <laughs> it was a dark and stormy buried. night round. I'm trying to think of, oh, the of a lyric that has oh, it. Yeah. 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 Okay. But he got the fire so, you
3: got
0: the fire round
4: one in there. So <laughs>
2: right. So um, I'm hoping that's where this is headed. <laughs> it will it will okay, eventually. Cool. excellent yes okay
1: so once again I'm going to use the term practically like on a day to day basis I-, I want to know as a manager of a band uh, of an American rock band <laughs> what is your what is your is that from the
0: Wikipedia are you quoting the Wikipedia <laughs> no I just Tyler just love that, that, loves sh- that terminology yeah yeah he yeah, applies that I've... to anyone
2: <laughs> they could be from like Bulgaria and he would call yeah, them Vulcan- american, american,
1: rock. Rock band. american rock band um <laughs>
2: okay what is your favorite
1: thing? That you do, and and what yeah. is your <laughs> least favorite thing? oh that's a great question. That oh, you do. Well, I
4: don't, I, least favorite thing. Yeah. uh walk well, answer. Is
1: the it favorite the Red Bulls? Thing. It can be the Red Bulls. That's fine. <laughs> I understand. <laughs>
0: yeah, the Red Bulls. Uh, probably not the answer. The Least favorite thing. I don't know. I will get back to the least. But my favorite thing is the is the catalog. It's the records that we work on, right? Mm-hmm. So when we do, when we did albums, right? When we wrote new records. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this the the sense of enjoyment of getting the demos coming in and then hearing those demos turned into like songs when Aaron comes on them and it rough mixes right. and then the master comes through. That is such an exciting time for me because my creative juices get to float. And this is where I sort mm. of differentiate as a manager is that I get to put on my creative hat, right? And I get right. to sort of like build around it. Now this, now these songs are starting to have more and more context. So, what does this album look like?
4: Mm. What
0: does the music video look? like? What are the colors? What is the typography? What right. what are we doing in terms of layout? What is the stage going to look like? What's right. the merchandise around it going to look it's like? It's like
1: essentially like starting a new business, like every album. Totally. So
0: cool. Yeah. So it's, mm. like, it's really just so, yeah exactly. It's like it's like launching. It is like launching a new sort of like brand. era or brand or uh, yeah and that's like that's the freaking best like (laughs) I Mm. love it that is that's the best and like you know we still do it to a certain degree like did it with Mm. um, the Pale Horses reissue Mm. it happened back in September it's like right you know got to we're basically redesigning the collector's edition we're souping up the uh, the standard vinyl we're doing we put out the EP for the first time on a standalone disc and like got to kind of build all those elements around it. And then the the merchandise around it thinking about how like that, when that yeah. stuff comes, man, it's like, I don't want to stop. Like yeah. we redesigned the website for the launch and we like had a, I, you know, I developed the teasers and edit the teasers um, online. And so everything that comes around it and this is, I hope it doesn't sound like vain, but everything around it comes from me essentially. Right. And the people that I kind of yeah, like yeah. hire out in my small little crew. I think I said maybe one time on Twitter, I hope Mu Now you comes off as being run by 20 people and not just like some guy in his basement, <laughs> ignoring his family. <laughs> uh, because the latter, and I'm, I'm like kind of a paraphrase, but the latter is true. Like I'm trying to make right. this thing look like it's bigger than it's bigger than it actually yeah. is. Yeah,
4: yeah. Um, right.
0: And, uh, and so uh, that's always been my goal. And I love that challenge, but yeah. how much can I do by myself? Right? How much? Yeah, yeah. And how much polish can I put on this thing? Mm. How much thought can go into this thing? Because the, the guys are not the guys like all the stuff around it. They have opinions about it, but they're not involved with it. Aaron right. was the most involved in all that stuff, and later on, he fell more to the side um, as his life kind of took a different direction with his family and his career and uh, outside of the band and teaching and whatnot and so it, more of it fell on me and working with our um uh our designer charlie wagers and so i got to kind of like take mm. over like art direction and that is like cool. far and away yeah. Dude, far and away so rad. the best part it's like it's like the reason i've been engaged for so long on it because it's mm. just like
4: that's so mm-hmm. cool.
0: i get to i get that's and i get to feel like i have real ownership of that Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah. You're you're talking to three totally DIY guys here. Yeah, yeah. Are like, okay, well, maybe I can learn this skill to help push something. Like, yeah, it's just like like that. Challenge is so incredible. It's just yeah, it's awesome.
0: It's great. Two things
2: I'll say to sort of stick the landing that I think you were looking for, like it is effective. All the work you've done, at least from yeah. one, again, just from one schmuck's opinion, but like <laughs> it's, it, it comes across as very slick, very thoughtful, very put together. Cool. Every release, like, yeah. I don't know. I, all, all, all the stuff you're putting out there is so yeah. incredible. it's, it's so. been
1: part of what, what has engaged me about a band that I loved when I was 18 you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah you know it's Into your it's, 30s. It's been able like, to like that's huge to grow yeah exactly
2: yeah yeah and the second thing i was gonna say is like kylan's a designer too so <laughs> okay you like he's he's like lapping all of this up as you oh as you cool talk no about it's, it. so rad. it's so rad it's
1: <laughs> rad. <laughs> i love it every second of it okay i want to know your least favorite thing oh
0: it's, <laughs> packaging. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's packaging a records like the oh, records themselves oh, for sure. like actually packaging them up is <laughs> it's
2: a double-edged sword
0: <laughs> i will yeah because it's like oh it's like you know these reissues are selling great or like right. oh my gosh like holiday like it's christmas time soon and like online store will go nuts mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. i will literally like i will lose feeling in my wrist oh no like i'll get like i'll get what do they call it um not carpal tunnel but like i don't know what are they uh, my wife's here. What do you call it when you get like the thing? It's like repetitive stress injury. Oh yeah, so I, I would get like rep- I'll like lose. I'll like wake up in the morning and like, oh, can't like feel my wrists because I've <laughs> oh, just been like bending boxes yeah. and uh, yeah. I need. I would go. I actually got like those like little braces and put them on yeah. um, just to Shoot. help get feeling back. Okay, so that's you. the, that that's the village, worst man. part. That's yeah, the yeah. worst part of it. But yeah. I actually like I like stocking all of the records and I like. Um, I like having like a storage space that's just like. Filled with stuff and like, oh, yeah, that feels so really satisfying. good. Rad. So that's totally. right, yeah. To be organized and yeah, it's good. It's good, but I hate packaging up the records and T-shirts. Oh, I'll do hundred a day, no problem. Just flying right. stuff in the Tyvek uh, envelopes and
2: right. sending them out. It's yeah. fun.
0: There you go, easy. or it's easy. Yeah. Okay, so
1: I do want to get into, like I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, you did the artwork. And layout for Engine of a Million Plots. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I didn't
0: do the artwork, right? I did the art direction uh, the, for it. Art direction. it is, the okay. illustrations yeah. are done by Doug Tanapal. Mm-hmm.
1: Sweet. Okay. I had a personal headcanon theory mm-hmm. that. that Oh, is this
2: about the which song inspired? Yes. Leo okay. In disguise, Was there a specific
1: song yeah. on that album that inspired? that artwork
4: or or, the vibe of the or artwork? was it oh, just boy. the
1: vibe of the album?
0: Let me see if I can dig into my notes. Um yes. Because. I love notes. Cool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go. So if you'll allow me a second here, I'll tell you this Please. right now, like what I, so working with Doug, he's a great illustrator. Hmm. He's an incredible, iconic illustrator in my opinion, but like he didn't ask for any money for it. Right? He didn't want any money for it. He wow, just wanted right. to do it. And sometimes, but when that, when that happens, that means I don't want your money because beca- I don't want the obligation to listen to you. I'm just going to do what I want to do and I'm glad to oh, do it. More but I'm not taking, uh, not yeah. taking notes. And you're, I'm not I'm not being held. I don't need the money. Right? Okay. But I'm happy to do it. So, when I, when I do, like, direction and stuff like that, I get an idea. Like, I have to use another person as, like, my hands. So, mm-hmm just because I either don't have the skill level or I don't have the time. And so, and I don't have, I certainly don't have like, my work doesn't look like Doug's work at all.
4: Like mm-hmm. not even remotely. Yeah. Even to say that, that sentence,
0: style. the, the <laughs> sentence is ridiculous. It's <laughs> like, I'm not even on the same, I'm not even on the same planet. It's right. not even right. I'm not an illustrator. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. 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 Um, there you go. So like, I can't do it, but I want to like him to hear what I'm saying mm-hmm. or, you know, what I'm putting into the, um,
2: yeah, you want him into to my, into life my emails, Into your idea.
0: Into the idea. And that's what I'm yeah, trying to do. Um, sure. just trying to to bring that stuff out. Where do I where would I have this? Um, it doesn't matter. Listen, I <laughs> I was very much inspired by sort of um it's hard to find a friend. Mm, okay. And that sort of illustrative style where it's like each panel tells a story. And mm-hmm. I wanted there to be like there to be like four panels that kind of like told a story of one of these songs, and one of them was Beyond mm-hmm. know, the Skies. Um, yes, there you go. You did yeah. call
1: it Kylan. Validation. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let
0: me see if I can find something here real quick.
2: Because I was gonna say, like, we we talk a lot on that episode about how a lot of the songs sort of coalesce into similar imagery, and you know, there's obviously a a connective theme um yeah dark cold nights the winter the snow the fire yes. the light like kind of pushing back on the darkness
0: exactly and that's all that's all reese right that's all that's all reese right. and, and scott because he wrote like um right scott wrote uh, blizzards of, Blizzard of bygones yep. mm-hmm. which is you know which is such a good song i can't find my notes right now but the idea was that like basically i would take images from like we own the skies and like there was this idea of like this I had all these like paragraphs being like and there's a city in the background mm-hmm. like and the foreground it's like a field of like corn or maize or whatever and there is there are farmers in the market we're showing this like disparity between like agrarian culture and this like cosmopolitan River lifestyle rims. like this is like yeah, things right. we we're trying to, i was trying to do here you know there was stuff like uh, you would show the interior of a high rise apartment and like, this is like, I am Jack smirking revenge. Like you kind of had all these mm-hmm. images that are coming in. The- so I wrote all this stuff to Doug. Here's what I want to see. Here's what I'm picturing. Right. And then, and then he was like, cool, here's what I'm sending you. <laughs> and so, uh, and then, so once he sent that to me, um, it was stuff that I hadn't you know thought of. Like the cover was like, I think
2: like, because it was so sparse.
0: I'm trying to remember how, style. that time. Well, I know that I wanted Doug stuff because his his work was the best work of any like all the hype. Such a silly cover, yeah. Uh, you know, like Electric Boogaloo is like it's fine, but like right. in bringing this back to sort of Mew that you too, like the continuity is important. Mm-hmm. Mew that you because this is a broader idea too, like the continuity. Between each album is that me that use like typeface, their logo, their font, whatever you want to call it, their word mark does not change like it right. takes on different styles, like oh, this one's like tattered. This one's slick. Uh, mm-hmm. and oh, this one has a different filigree underneath it. but like they are it's all Mrs. Eve's italics. yes, like, it's Mrs. Eves,
1: okay. Uh, I'm so sorry. you thought I'm it was so Baskerville. I, you thought it was, no no no, 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 I thought <laughs> it was Mrs Eves. Yes. And okay, so so for all of our episodes, <laughs> I Photoshop like one of our faces, yeah, I, or like yeah. like some some something silly, yeah. and I dug so deep. I was like trying to find. This is literally for no one but me. And yeah, I was going to say we have one listener left, and it's Joe. It's Joe. It's <laughs>
2: Joe.
0: I'm so
1: glad that. Mrs. Eve's was right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm,
0: I'm glad Eves I called I, that fun. Mrs. Eve's i town. She's I one found of the it. East oh, and, then, and then there's a bunch of different faces on it there is, too. Like, right. you know. Anyway, yeah, so it's it's always that. And it's always the same artists, right? It's always right. Vasily Katanoff, right? Mm-hmm. Even when we mm-hmm. reissued the EP that I never said I was brave EP back in 2016, like we had him come back and like redo the artwork. So like we made it, we retroactively mm. made him a part of all of those right. records. And that, and that continuity speaks to like the sort of broader picture of the, you know, that. you know, like, when you look, when you zoom out, you can see, you can see consistency. There's a, there's, yeah. line, there's a through exactly. line. So, yes. so
1: was that totally. a, a conscious decision from the yes. band as a whole? Like that, that is something that I, like, like all of y'all had conversations about.
0: I can only speak to brother, sister and on,
1: but it mm-hmm. was just like, mm-hmm.
0: I can remember like Mike and Aaron, Like going through the Vasily's website, kavanov.com, and just like, what do you think about this one? Oh, we can get this one. You know, oh, we like this. Right? Right. Like, Brother Sister didn't even have a title. Like, they chose the album artwork, and then, like, lyrics got written around, and then the lyrics kind of like, oh, is this Brother Sister? There's all sorts of silly names uh, for it. The music our collisions make. um, Mike suggested the hope is in the chorus. Animals was huh. another one, but these are all like I mean, the people in the band won't even know that, right? That's just like stuff right. that like I had overheard their discussion. It, yeah. so about then, that. Yeah. so then,
1: how do you go about from from that point where where it's almost sort of a given within the culture of the band of like, okay, we love this artist. It seems to like their work seems to fall in line with what Resume. we're doing. Like, how do you go about? Commissioning future artwork from there. Like, what does that communication look
0: like? Let me, let me say this real quick. Again, going back to sort of the through line, I just want to finish the thought there mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'll address that. The, it, with Five Iron, it was one of those things where it's like that was important to me. Like that was important to me that like mm-hmm. Doug mm-hmm. be the artist on the record
4: mm-hmm.
0: because our newest album ever, uh Quantity EP you know, the end is near all that stuff like that, like those records have the coolest looking artwork. They all feel like five iron. Then they, when they use uh, pixie as the type of type fi- of the typeface right. for, it felt like five iron, right? It felt um, like this is a part of this. This is their body of work, right? And bodies of work are really important to me. Yeah. And so when we went back and did the five iron record, I relinquished on doing the pixie font, but like knew that I wanted Doug because that, Felt like that was actually a thing, and plus, I wasn't even going to put the album title or the band name on the record cover itself,
3: right? Mm. Uh, which is
0: another sort of mute. That's the mute that you influenced there, <laughs> right? So I, I wanted to kind of like bring back some of this, like the continuity and the context of the, of the work, the body of work, and and like one of the great things about Engine of a Million Plots is that as a fan, like in middle school or high school, I always imagined that like Five Iron would be something they weren't. <laughs> like they could they could kind of like they could kind of like be a cooler band like i enjoyed their humor but like some of it's just it's just goofy it's just silly it's it's not it's not it's unserious (laughs) and like when they're when you go from like like your opening track in your first record is about like manifest destiny and like the slaughtering of american indians Mm -hmm. and (laughs) then this is like
2: yeah you saw some substance in them you you saw some
0: substance you're like there's something there's there's like can get there yeah, there's like um there's a social conscious, there right. is um, there is anger, there right. is a uh, there's like a thirst for justice. Yeah. And it's like they're also like digging into stuff that like most that's the first time I had ever heard of anything like that. And so they're like illuminating stuff and there's like abyssality to it. So like that element of five yeah. iron, I was like, right. I like that. I like that it challenges me. Right. I could do without Phantom Mullet and like
4: <laughs> any of that
0: kind of stuff i want to hear songs like fahrenheit off of
4: mm-hmm. all
0: the hype and fahrenheit. 451 like i think that those are the parts where like that bands. so like when we got to work on the engine record it was like even getting down to like that was reese's title engine of a million plots and i it was like that's a cool sounding title i don't know what the heck mm. it means right. but like i do know what it means <laughs> but it basically it is, just means like <laughs> It's about interpretation. An edge of a million plots is that you would just mm. be able to look at this thing. Any amount of it, people could extrapolate different meanings from it. And so mm, it. I just thought it sounded so really good. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it had an edge to it. And then I was like, let's make this a darker record. Like let's, uh, we were trying to get battle dancing unicorn off of the album. Like there was <laughs> really? like a, cons- yeah. Like uh, Scott was just, Scott was really bummed that it was on the record. Cause Scott wrote the song. He loved it. And then Reese is like, What's Reese putting this silly crap on it? Right. <laughs> it's the only silly song on it. Uh-huh. And maybe there's a couple of goofy lyrics that are kind of find their way, cringy lyrics that find their way on the record. But like, I got to kind of like mold that record in a right. way that I've never really got to do with any Me Without You record, even. I have mm. I have a lot of influence inside Me Without You in terms of how things right. are thought about or get tracked or how they're seen. But it's a different
2: dynamic, right? Yeah. Different band. Oh, they were totally dynamic.
0: like, five iron was like totally just like hey we hired you so we're just gonna listen to you none of those they're they're wow. wonderful but none of them can like that you can't make a decision to save their lives sometimes they're just they're democratic and that's we our, that that's a sense f- from Leonor. yeah we Not we right?
1: interviewed leonore and yeah she kind of spoke to that a little bit as well yeah, yeah no it's it's the
0: most <laughs> insane silly thing like that de- like all that does is it just creates more animosity. Yeah, because right. it's the it's it's a like, spectrum, like I got right? outvoted. Yeah.
2: There's like there's either too much like democracy happening and yeah. like everybody gets a say, or there's Votes. not enough. And you gotta like find that balance.
0: In Mu the structure was never democratic. there's times I like, go, let's take a vote. And everyone's was like, vote. Right? <laughs> no. It, it's one of it's about finding it's about finding compromise, but it's right. also kind of just mm-hmm. like letting the person who was the most passionate about it kind of like lead. In a so, way, so it's like, sure. oh, you guys, we we like this cover of the album. We like this mm-hmm. for the cover of the album. And it's like, well, right. we have a really specific idea about this. Aaron and I really like this idea, and then it's just like we're not going to fight with you guys. Like, let's right. just like it's it, you know, it. and they're just not, <laughs> whoever they're just, is the most
1: it. articulate about their about their <laughs> <Yeah>. argument. <laughs> Thank like, you. Yeah, like, yeah, so yeah you, sure. Whoever they, just they get the talking <laughs> about it and Pushing talking it. about it and saying yep.
0: why, it needs, yep. yeah, that's who's going to win. Um. So, um, so that's kind of uh, that's how it worked in fi- on that record. And like, blizzards and that's bygones was like, some people wanted to be the first track, and I was like, we need it first track? Like, yeah, no, we want to end uh, with a more hopeful tone. I was like, ain't nothing interesting about that.
4: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: why don't you why don't you ask a question at the end of your record exactly. instead of making some sort of like pronouncement Sweet. about hope and love and this and like yep. this? It's like, why don't you just leave them with like this like Sad song about yeah. can like literally can you last forever? Uh, can, yeah. You know if or can you stand the weather if winter lasts forever? Mm-hmm. It's like right. That's far more into far In more episode. We, than. we
2: talked about how compelling that was as a decision to end yeah. with that question. Yeah,
0: I was I pushed for it pretty hard. Yeah. I love that
2: this oh, is so the cool.
3: episode following our episode on that record, which oh, just like yeah. worked out perfectly. That cool. We didn't really That's plan so out. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I'd like to take credit for that, but we did not. <laughs> <It was bad. laughs> Serendipity, baby. Um, uh, but yeah, I can go back to that question about commissioning stuff. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was yeah. the question? I'm sorry. Just, I wanted to no, just No, it like, doesn't matter. About... What,
1: what, what you said was like way yeah. more interesting. Was oh, 10 okay.
3: stories, the first ones where y'all like would, go to Vasily and be like, hey, we kind of want this? Was that the yeah. first one?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The, the, one, one of the things here is that like, you know, tooth and nail had always facilitated the paying for everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that You mm-hmm. never had money laying around to like pay for an artist to do X, Y, and Z. The bank account was always at zero. You go on tour, you make some money, cut equal checks across the board, see you next time. Like not a yeah. great way to run a business. And I say that because we were... Trying to do a self a self release, I'm like, how? What do? What do you pay an artist? What do artists need? <laughs>
4: like,
0: and so I <laughs> I, I contacted the ceiling and I said, hey, um, I'm you know Mike from Me Without You, I manage the band now, and we're going to put out a record, and um, it's very specific, and we wanted to, it's a, it's a concept record, and we wanted to like commission your painting, or lots of paintings for like this thing. I don't know what it would cost to to do, but I can tell you right now, I can update your website. <laughs> Nice. And so I, 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 I got this guy Jim Krill who's like a MUU fan, and he helped me build out Vasily's website on like WordPress. And now there's like a million sites that you can do it. Like
4: amazing.
0: anybody, yeah. you can go go to you know, um, are they a sp- Squarespace? Are they a sponsor here, guys? Yeah, Squarespace. You, just go, you don't need to, you don't need doing a website for you with a tricky backend right. and like all this. Just go on Squarespace and do it. Squarespace. Mm-hmm. Save to 20% with the offer of code. Uh, Church jams now. Church jams now. Sure. Yeah. Church jams Sunday. now 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I contacted him about that and that kind of started that relationship mm-hmm. because before that it was like, I don't know if anyone had ever even spoken to him personally. Mm-hmm. Just a guy just, you just, know, he licensed his work yeah. and he knew that we had done it four times prior. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, but that was a time when we really had like a relationship with him, a conversation with him. And he would send us, oh, here's this and here's this, you know? Um, and then I would send, then the, Aaron and I would send notes back and get a different version of what he was doing. And he would hmm. turn it out so quick. It's wow. like, oh my God, I don't know if this is anything for him. <laughs> like, But he right. was just like, that's like when I talk about Aaron not being a writer, well, Vesteli is a painter. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. wake up in the morning. He is an artist, a visual artist. Has Mm -hmm. to put a pen to paper. Has to put ink on it. Has to put you know acrylic on a canvas. Has to do something. It's just in him, in a different way. So
1: my my biggest takeaway from all this is like I feel like manager of a band Mm -hmm. is 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 one of those things that everyone is sort of like vaguely aware of, Mm -hmm. but just like how much it is facilitating creative expression (laughs) Uh and like Mm -hmm. in how goddamn fucking important (laughs) that is Mm. for any sort of creative process like like it's wild to me that that me without you as a band did not have a relationship with Vasily until
0: as far as I know and I don't think that they really and my set my understanding is that like it's like Maybe an email was exchanged once. Hey, this right. is yeah, a cool. Yeah, There's it, nothing like, but we now have his phone number. Like, like we know his family. He comes to shows. He calls me and texts me. Like, you know, to see like, how I'm and doing. Then,
1: and then yeah. that that speaks to not only the ethos of me without you as a band, but your position within it I'm, I'm 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 gassing you up
2: a little bit i just think
1: it's yep. so that's fucking fine. rad man. <laughs> i like cool. like that's so fucking cool
2: i just yeah, yeah, very cool. I, and and i think like i mean more than just the three of us being like that's cool i think like the fandom that you talked about being the the fact that you've seen this kind of cult following that feels very connected that has a sense of ownership and love and true mm-hmm. like Ownership over over what me without you has been over the years and continues to be, I think speaks to how you all kind of banded together and created something that's bigger than the sum of its parts, right? Yeah, um, and even goes beyond any live iteration of the band, or maybe you know, fingers crossed that that'll exist again. But even <laughs> if it doesn't, yeah. um, man, like it's something special. And yeah, the the aesthetic component, the visual aesthetic component deepening the mythology Mm. and and Mm. the interaction that the Mm. fans get to have with that music i mean it it, it's huge man yeah
0: yeah yeah. i agree i agree i think that's the because i think well you know the the show is ephemeral like it just it comes and it goes in a a moment Mm. and so the things that kind of are a literal record of right of the work is like is the albums that you put out and yeah. so they need they need to they need to communicate something on top of just the, the music news right. is there and that's obviously the bedrock of it but everything around it needs to support it and build it up and that's why i think the continuity mm-hmm. of the catalog is so important like tarantino is a is a the filmmaker who is like famously said i'm only gonna make 10 films it's like why are you gonna make 10 films he's right. like you can make, you know what? He's like, well, 10 is a good number. I think Brad Pitt said in the interview, he's like, 12 is also a good number. 15 is a fine (laughs) number too, right? (laughs) But I think this idea that like 10 being this like finality and like, he has all these movies and like, you know that there's only going to be 10, 10. So they become Mm -hmm. more special Mm -hmm. and there's a similar thing in me without you where like, I feel like, well, I have specifically tried to develop, where we refer to, if you look on our website, you'll see like, you go to the, um, you'll see, you know, EP1 is, uh, I never said I was brave. And, you know, LP4 is, it's all crazy. Like we kind of like break it down where it's like, you know, like Tarantino does where it's like the ninth film from Quentin Tarantino. It's like, this is, Mm this is me that in LP1 is a very simple way of saying this is the first album. Lots of bands do that as like a working title and stuff like that. But we very specifically have tried to create this idea that like, this is the catalog there's three eps and there are seven full lengths like yeah. and like yes there are singles but like you're not going to get like hat full of hollow out of the band where there's just like a ton of uh you know here are the singles from you that you that were the b-sides it's not like the smiths it's not like something like that where it's right. just john like, peel session. the catalog is so vast release after release, after release, right. after release, yeah exactly because yeah. you can listen to the four smiths albums and then be like you wait. You tell me. There's like a hundred other songs. <laughs> it's like where do they? Where <laughs> yeah, do they yeah. go? <laughs> right. me that you was me that you when they write a record. It's like they wrote eleven songs. Like mm-hmm. there is like one B side for Catch Us the Foxes, and no one's ever heard it because it got like this, well it got lost on a hard drive. Like got hard drive oh, got no. corrupted. Never got to hear it. Mm. Right. Ugh. It was actually called Messes of Men. And it was not a different version of that song. Parts of it showed up, I think, in February and huh. other parts. But, like, you know, they, they come with a really small amount yeah. of of music. And so it is precious
4: mm-hmm. in a
0: way. And, like, it's only in the end when we started doing, like, these, like, deluxe editions or collector's editions. And, we you know, we sold the Pale Horses record as, like, a deluxe edition because it had the appendix on it. But there was still like this, there's consternation around that where it's like, we put it, we we very intentionally put it on a separate disc Mm. and we very intentionally when we released it digitally, didn't make it the pale horses deluxe edition. We contextualize it as the appendix. Appendix, And so like there's, we want to separate these things because we even killers talking about the killers, they put out pressure machine deluxe Mm -hmm. edition and it's Mm -hmm. like, cool. It's like, there's like seven more alternate versions. By the way, they wrote like five versions of the "Getting By," and I'm like, they all sound like wildly different songs. I'm like, I don't know how this is possible, but great.
4: <laughs> yeah, uh, but
0: I don't need that showing up in my iTunes.
2: Yeah, it's right. a little bewildering, okay. right? Like it's hard to. And I'm process like, why it. are there
0: three versions? There's three versions at least of Pressure Machine, right? The uh, uh, of unabridged. Uh, yeah, yeah, unabridged, the unabridged, the abridged. abridged, abridged, abridged and now this deluxe edition. So maybe, the deluxe, there's a, yeah. maybe there's a maybe there's a abridged deluxe edition. Oh my god! <laughs> and so I don't know if there is or not. But my point is, it's just too much. Yeah. When I go, when you search me without you, I want you to see seven albums yeah, it, and three clean. EPs. It's, yep.
2: There's yeah. no need for the doom scroll. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to be like a a relic. But at the same time, I, I kind of want to reject wholesale the idea of just like content on content on content. Yeah. That our culture is so obsessed with right now. I, I just. I don't. I don't need the Doom Scroll. I don't want it. Just yeah. give me quality content, and it will suffice. Yeah, you know whatever qual quantity it is. Mm-hmm. If it's quality, that's what matters. And yeah, and, sure. You know, y'all yeah. are a a perfect example of that. Yeah,
1: the Tarantino <laughs> example is is perfect. Like like yes. the, yeah. the the intentionality you. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. just, it, it. And we didn't really set out the
0: like, guys, you know, movies. to make seven right, albums yeah, yeah, and three yeah. EPs. It's <laughs> sure. just, that's the number it is. Like, right. You
2: know. But in retrospect, when you realize what it, what that thing is, right, and mm-hmm. represent it correctly. And, yes. And you have, you know?
0: Yeah, and, that's, that's been the goal. Like I said, I feel like it makes it just feel like it's more solid, it's more thoughtful. Mm-hmm. There's not right. a bunch of, you know, sp- Sprigs and yeah. shoots of the tree going out in every which direction. Yeah. There is some of that. I mean, we do have like singles and stuff like that that are right. floating out there. But
1: but it's yeah. like it's a it's a a part of like an already what I feel like fans perceive as an incredibly thoughtful band. I, mm-hmm. I think that just adds to that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and and it it resonates with a specific sect of of fandom. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like. Once again, like I said, like me without you fans are like die hard, Mm. and and, you know, and and they're never gonna be the numbers of like a. I don't know why Cold cold, cold Coldplay, yeah, yeah, or or like (laughs) but like Swifty, but Mm. (laughs) it's like, but that's that that's not the (laughs) point. Yeah, you you know what I mean. Yes, it's quality over quantity and. Mm. I, I think that's why for all three of us, like me without you as a band has resonated for as long. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it stood the test of
2: time, have. particularly yeah. like there's not a lot of bands that, you know, I kind of started in 2001 into. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, stuck with yeah, exactly, and yeah. we'll still listen to them, you know, on my deathbed, I'm sure.
0: Yo, wow. We're going there uh, yeah. already i i oh, mean yeah. i think oh, yeah. i think yeah. so i think yeah. i can
2: confidently say i that. think so on, right, on our cool.
1: shared deathbed
2: we're just yes, gonna oh, play yeah. brother sister <laughs> that's <laughs> all four of of the cutest us. thing i've ever heard yeah all four of us <laughs> all four on of us zoom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on it'll zoom be, it'll be like connected to our brains at that point but <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. 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 neural, neural like
4: that
0: yep yep there was something i want there's something i wanted to jump off with there too oh yeah go for it oh i know what it was but it's stupid Do you guys really think that is is Kill Bill? Is it one or two movies? Like it's one. Come on, Mm, it's it's two movies. It has two credits. (laughs) Is two credit sequences. It was a studio decision. He made eh, it as one. Okay, sounds to me like two films. Then, like until he releases a (laughs) supercut of Kill Bill Volume One and Two.
2: One and two. It's two two movies. It's. I like the supercut idea to to kind of like contextualize it. Uh, but, but it, it, works, d- it doesn't it, exist It works yet.
0: best. It's going to work better as two... I mean, not in terms of, like, recutting all the sequences all across the films in a different sort of, like... I mean, that'd be an interesting uh, practice. But yeah. it's two films. It's such <laughs> cheating. All right, y'all, so hear, it, okay, y'all heard it so here so first. first. So he's already it's at such, 10 and Death in Proof your mind. Is, is <laughs> my my a, my, t- a full-length feature?
1: Hmm... Uh, well, because it was part of the grindhouse thing. Well, okay. So to go back to the intentionality of it, as, yep. as as a filmmaker who has been very intentional about his entire filmography, I think the fact that Kill Bill did come in two parts, I I, I think there's something to be said about, like, there had to be a part of of Tarantino that
2: intended it that, that way. That knew that that was that it was going to but then you like don't that.
0: get to say you don't get to yeah yeah and to what he intended as, as one four-hour film or five-hour film Is that was what you're saying no no, no, like no. I'm, I'm, t- I'm
1: i'm i'm saying the opposite i'm i'm saying that even if it was a studio decision i think i i think it's something that to go he back to the me without you of it all it's like it's technical and vibe and I think yeah. he maybe picked up. They're like, okay, this is the vibe. Well, I'm going to go all in. And this was this the, this is the vibe, and we're going to maybe ascribe meaning to it after the fact. But mm. it's oh, still the I see yeah. what you
0: are saying, uh-huh. but weren't they? Yeah, were they not? Yeah, because I guess they didn't really do the. They weren't numbering Tarantino films until like it was after. after it, well, were they? Yeah, it was like or no, after, they did like, the.
3: Yeah, he didn't announce it 10 until later, right?
1: Okay.
2: It was like like Hateful Eight, maybe, was when
0: yeah. he was like,
2: mm-hmm. I'm only going to do 10. That was when I was aware of the numbering. Was Hateful but
0: Eight. he He would do like the fifth film from 10. He would do right. that early on. Yeah, and then I yeah. think he probably thought like, we'd cap it off, maybe at 10. Right. The 10th film. But I'm just saying mm-hmm. it's a little bit of cheating. <laughs> maybe a gray area. He's, yeah. right, in my opinion he's made nine and a half films already or ten and a half like you yeah. know what i mean like
2: so he only gets a half film left
0: for, yeah he only gets a half film yeah yeah he, he gets has to do uh, of Death group part two
1: hey i'm i'm not opposed okay so this seems like you know we, we we we've been talking a while i think we're gonna maybe kind of wrap it up around okay, here that's fine So, Mike, is there anything you want to let our listeners be aware of? Is there anything? I don't know. I I just feel so weird with, like, plugs.
0: Yeah, I don't really have a plug. As they put it, Uh I mean... No, I don't really I don't really have a plug. Do
1: you want people to yeah. like follow you on Twitter or anything if there's any sure if you want to, yeah. The, you
0: know, Mike yes. you know, at Mike Onquist. I'm not that active right now for some reason. I'm just looking well, at my own life. Now. I, mean, I, no, I Twitter think Twitter's now. better than ever, to be quite honest. Oh wow. I Okay. You I mean, run in I, very I, different outside, circles. <laughs> outside of like outside of the insane decision to rebrand. If you even uh, call it a rebrand, yeah. oh it's that's the, is can't, literally can't, one of the man. that is the stupidest thing. It mm-hmm. is, <laughs> it is like it is. Mike looks I, pained. I, it, it, it was business. one of those things where it's like, okay, like Elon Musk. You know, he's he's an interesting character. Seems to be pretty smart, and like, yeah, he's got some really kind of like outside their opinions, or I like, think he pushes boundaries. But I I appreciate all that stuff. But then he like when when he announced. A couple of things like when you're like, oh, verified people are now paying for it. I was like, kind of head scratchy. It's like, yeah, I kind of see where you're getting at here, but like, I don't know if it's going to work out the way you think it is or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, like, when he, when he was like, we're no longer using the bird logo, we're changing the name to X, to I was X. like, I was like, this man has no taste.
2: No, yeah. exactly. this man
0: has no taste. And he has no Never idea did. what brand, he has no idea. Maybe, maybe we undervalue what brand, maybe we overvalue what brands are. Mm-hmm. Right. But I also don't hear anybody calling Twitter X. No, no, Never. No, no. No, no. People no, have that, that, that's completely it. it. Yep, right. It's insane. And then we're still doing it. It still says X on my phone. Mm-hmm. I right? dial yeah. up Twitter. It's right. so <laughs> yeah. yeah, so perplexing. So it's, I don't, I'm not on X. I'm on Twitter. And I hope I don't sure. sound goofy with that. But I'm not that active right now on there um, just because I'm busy and I, I haven't found things that. Right. That's I so I stopped tweeting about Disneyland. I feel like people didn't like me talking about Disneyland. It's like one of my favorite things in the world. Uh, and so, but I post about me with you stuff and then I get tons of engagement, but then I feel like, I feel like I'm exploiting the band in some sort of way or, I don't know. It's what, people follow. Think it's what, so. it's what people follow me for.
4: I know that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You're, you're, you're just as much a part of it and, and you're like a mouthpiece too for the band mm-hmm. probably in a way that they wouldn't be for themselves. And mm. You know, yeah. I think it's entirely appropriate. So my question would be maybe not a personal plug, but what's like a merch item from the <laughs> store that you're really stoked on that's
0: good TJ. The <laughs> Pale Horses Collectors edition.
2: There you go. <laughs> okay.
0: I think is that's is, it is it's easily been the most uh revised and proofed of any of them by ooh. far. Okay. By far it's gonna it's it's a very personal record for me because I love that album and it's also the record I feel like is the best sonically of any Mm. other albums. And it's just, it's so strong and I love the album artwork and I love everything Mm. about what we did. I like it so much more than 10 stories. Mm. I like it. It's just, it's very, it's like my catch. Like, I feel like I have ownership over my catch for us, the boxes, which was the record. I I feel like it's on par with that album. So I'm like so stoked about it. I treat those records. I treat all the records with a lot of like, attention to detail but like i definitely was like overboard on the pale horses stuff like i was like obsessive it's one of the things tricky about it too is that i try and make the ep and the album feel like they are a part of the whole like they are connected Mm -hmm. but yet are disparate and so like we i was like painstaking in terms of alignments so like they're like pixel perfect things are still going to shift the 16th of an inch when you print stuff but like i was like this has to be like dead That's on perfect. margins have to be the same. This has to be like this. Da, 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 da. So when you put the two it. things together, they look like they're supposed to be together. And we took it's that nice. just to the nth degree on the collections editions. We just added more and more and more and more and more stuff. Like I'll be quite honest. What's today's date? Today's the 14th
4: mm-hmm.
0: of November. We only finished proofing the last element. I want to say like three, four days ago
4: which is wow. embarrassing
0: because oh, it really should have been done two months ago, but we just kept working on. Uh... Yeah. Oh, my headphones just went out. It just, I'm really, really stoked for when that comes out. I think it's going to be the best of our collector's editions.
3: Hmm.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I'm stoked on it, but uh, yeah, I'll say man. this. Cause when's this going to come out? When's this, when's That's this Josh. pocket?
3: 29th. 29th. Uh, last Wednesday this month.
0: Okay, cool. And now I'm sorry, my I guess my headphones just are completely dead. I don't know what's going no, on. No, that's fine. Get okay. the bucket. But like we're I'm I've got I'm doing something that like I think is really, really, really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm d- doing <laughs> a Black Friday sale on the Me That you thing, but we're <laughs> we're doing it's a it's like a Hallmark ad.
4: Like a Chris yes.
0: Hallmark yes. ad. Yes. It's not like it's like somewhere between like a J. Crew a commercial <laughs> and a Hallmark Christmas movie ad (laughs) It's really off brand and it's really out there, but we're just being goofy. We're having fun with it. I'm having fun with it. And so like I'm excited about people being like, what the hell is this thing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited about what people are going to think of the, the black Friday sale, which it sounds so stupid, a black Friday sale, but I'm trying to make it more than something as crass, as a mm-hmm. sale i'm trying to make it more of an event something tongue-in-cheek something that like gets people engaged in a way that's just like i don't know you yeah you're you're playing with
2: the form you're ha- you're like I'm having too. fun with it yes so, exactly uh, people exactly. are gonna catch that and
0: All right, right. i i i assume they will yeah i just don't think they'll expect it
2: yeah oh no, yeah it's gonna blindside yeah. people in the best way i think (laughs) but i feel like y'all that's just like par for the course like i i've felt that way multiple times with you know announcements and releases from well and
3: even when like y'all did the music video for julia it's like doing the back to the future thing like if anyone else would have done that it would have felt like a little like okay i see what you're doing here but like there is an art like yeah like me without you is not just gonna like cash in like there's you're gonna do it for a reason, and even if you did it the same way, it feels different because yeah. of how y'all are doing it. Yeah, yeah. we're driving. That yeah, was the, a blast. Yeah,
0: you yeah, know the back of the future thing. That was, that was, that was pretty much me and Aaron, just nice. like oh, that <laughs> nice idea, genius, and then worked yeah. on it with it's our so director to kind of finesse some of the stuff in there. But gosh, that the was
3: enchantment awesome. at the bottom of the made up ocean is so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <it's, laughs> this is so good. Very
0: cool. Happy, happy you guys enjoy it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, we're big time fans here yep. so. okay so if you enjoyed this we have much more nonsense like this at patreon.com slash church names now podcast you can can of course follow us on all the social media at church names now follow mike for more
0: me new without you stuff information
1: of yeah band uh, from- <laughs> mike it has been an incredible pleasure Having cool. you yes. on this thank show, you
3: guys very much incredible. Thank you. This has been one of my favorite thank episodes. You for all you of, do of have done, done for me, without you, and all you continue to do for me, you. for yes.
1: sure. Okay, may all your favorite bands stay together, and of course, peace out, Mon Frères. Yeah. Peace.
2: Woo! Church jams now.
1: The raccoon is gone. It's not a raccoon. This is the most Arkansas a shit possum? ever. I have a family what of armadillos that apparently Wait. lives in my yard. Oh, very good. I just I went out there with the flashlight and <laughs> there's like six goddamn armadillos just hanging out of my yard. My wife what? is gone. My dog is losing her shit. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. A bunch of Basically. armadillos. It's all crazy. It's all false. Yeah. it's all, all false. It's all, all It's all, all, it's all, all right.
2: Yeah. Uh,
0: it's all armadillos.
1: Yeah, it's a family of armadillos, armadillos all the way down.
0: I didn't. That's crazy. So how many? How many is a family? Is it a family of four?
1: No, there's six of them.
0: Six of them. Okay, you That's, said that. Around. There are two dying.
1: big ones and four little ones.
0: That's uh, <laughs> kind of adorable. Yeah. No, I know.
1: <laughs> like you can't even be mad, really. It's no, I can't. Like, I can't. Oh, I kind of love so it. So cute. I it's almost good. just opened the basement door and just
3: come on, in, guys. You want to be on yeah. the pod, <laughs> which would feel
1: appropriate for for talking about me without you. Yeah. <laughs>